0: Greetings listeners, on a very special Friday night, this October 4th, 2013, as we um, um, analyze for the second time through, apparently, the second The Hobbit Desolation of Smaug trailer. And this is a fantastic night, and one in which the universe has conspired to remind everyone that I am an essential part of this podcast, and that it... And that if it functions at all without me, that's just out of pure luck. And that the, um, the, the, the ordinary like course of things is that it can't function without me. Because last time um, on this podcast, Trish and uh, Corey recorded and screwed up the audio. Completely,
1: so, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So I think, we've, I think you've been properly chastised and reminded, don't try this without me. <laughs> all right, guys. Also... Also, you know, and actually, technically, uh, Laura wasn't there either, so for all we know, it was really actually her that should have been there, not me. <laughs> we'll never know, because That's we true. haven't properly controlled this. I was
2: just going to say, yeah, we have to do a more carefully controlled experiment next time.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. Next week, next week, we'll have to record two more of these, one without me, but with Laura, the other one with Laura, but without me, and then we'll find out who is the real <laughs> necessary condition for Properly recording a uh, the Hobbit Desolation of Smaug trailer analysis. Um, anyway, so this is a special <laughs> night because not only are we not only are we joined by um, by the um, by the ill fated uh, the Tolkien professor Corey Olson <laughs> and Trish Lambert, but also me, Dave Kale, and Laura Burkholz, and uh, on top of that, we apparently got a new and improved trailer this morning, um, The, the, the and, and here we're enjoying the brave new world of uh, internet movie promotion, where you can put out a trailer and then fix it and re-release it the very next day, which certainly wasn't possible 10 years ago. Uh, we also have stills, and we'll be sh- showing all of this to the brave listeners who've joined us, including Yana um, and Andy, who have joined us from, like, the nether regions of the early morning in Europe, and as well as people on the other side of the world from Australia who uh, um, uh, are enjoying a much lovelier time of day. So I say let's stop screwing around, and let's get right on it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, let's do that. Welcome, everybody. So, um, we are going to uh, go through the trailer, which I think is is really pretty spectacular. Um, uh, and I say that, by the way, in reference not to what what it reveals to us about the second film, or that I believe from watching this the trailer that the second film is going to be spectacular, but rather I think that this trailer itself in, un, considered yes. as an independent work of art, is pretty darn spectacular. I love this trailer. Um, so anyway, let's... Uh, we, completely we, agree. We will get to that. However, um... Uh, first, we're going to start with something we actually didn't do on Tuesday. So, this is bonus material, even for those of you who have, for some inexplicable reason, joined us both times. And uh, that is uh, some still, some movie posters and uh, still images that have been released. Um, so, let's start with those, be- uh, and then we will get to the full discussion of the trailer right afterwards. So, I will share with everybody our first still. Now, I have to say that...
0: It looks like this movie is about the Hobbit.
2: I think... (laughs) Well, some things could lead you to believe that, but not all. Um, And anyway, I was going to say, I think that Bard looks less like Will Turner here than he has in any shot I've seen so far, so that's something. Yep. Also... Now he
0: just looks like Legolas.
3: Yeah, and we've got... And and that's Stephen Fry in the background.
2: Yes, our first shot of The Master of Lake Town. Yeah.
3: Or? And this
0: radish hat. And what is his um the, the his assistant whose name I suddenly escapes me, what the heck is he holding in his hand? It's a dagger. It looks like a knife. Yeah. dagger. a dagger. <laughs> it's a dagger. So he's getting ready to kill the master of Lake Town.
2: Well, see, I—it looks like he's worked. I mean, based on his posture and his facial expression, it—and the way the—the fact that he and the master are both looking in the same direction, I take it that he is in fact the henchman of the master, working for the master. It is a little bit odd that he seems to be concealing the knife from only the Master and exposing it to everybody else, but I, I, I understand th- my, my reading of that little set is that he is like, you know, the sneaky guy who does the dirty work of the Master, and the seedy expression that he is casting at Bard's back there leads me to believe that it is Bard who's going to be the target of his knife and not the Master, but... That's
3: what I thought, too. We got a lot of people
4: uh, liking him to Tongue.
2: He does look very worm wormtonguey, uh, doesn't he? Like
4: five he? or six people
2: Yeah, okay. yeah.
4: Now Andy says he looks like Richard III.
2: That too. He 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 he's got the slight hunch thing going on there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and that's actually an interesting
0: difference, being his awesome hat
2: yes now Richard III also had an awesome hat but it was different um, and it seems that the one thing that seems to be the the one way actually in which Bard does stand out in Lake Town is that he seems to be the only one in Lake Town without an awesome hat of one kind or another um, you either get like the awesome like 1920s flat top football helmet look that this guy's going with or you've got like the full you know fur cap here or needless to say the pointy helmets uh with the fur um so yeah it's uh, yeah he is wearing a wig i know but still uh, you know he doesn't have a furry hat
4: by the way don't forget don't forget Stephen fry's uh, lego character remember how his hat i mean I, you can't really see it in this but the hat like it, it literally looks like he's got a radish like it's got the fur and then it's like a red bulb with like feather uh, feather coming out of it or something yeah well to see it. i mean i think that could
2: be some title i do hope i do hope that um
4: now
2: that's not that i was just gonna say i i i do hope that either this hat is actually more spectacular than it looks or that he has an alternative and superiorly spectacular <laughs> hat yes uh because this is fairly low on the scale of of lake town hats right. i have to say but because you're hey, right let's the, make
4: sure Daniel asked if, he, asks if Stephen fry's a redhead and he is actually a redhead in this they've got him as a redhead with long past mm-hmm.
0: his shoulder hair in this movie yeah um, so um, a, i like a Sharon. i like, like sharing oh i'm sorry uh oh no that's a good that's a good question but let's 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 table that before we because i just want to make a you know a stupid comment
2: yeah yeah let's let's yeah exactly it's not rushing to actual like, analysis
0: I like Sharon Hoff's suggestion that we refer to the pointy soldier hats as the pointy hats of mockery. That yes,
2: well, especially since see, I was defending this last time. That <laughs> I guess some people have been complaining that uh, you know that you know we've been making all sorts of fun, especially me, of the of the you know the the pointy helmets uh, that the soldiers of Lake Town are wearing, um, when in fact they are you know carefully modeled like accurate period pieces after you know Russian and Northern Steppe warrior helmets. Um, And I, I know that, but I still think they look dumb. Uh, that's all. I mean, and they
4: still look funny. I, they, Even the historical ones. They
2: look, look funny, funny so. when they were yeah. worn by the Russians back then. You
3: know.
4: and,
2: and it's yeah. fine. Like I, I and they still look funny. Exactly. I don't apologize. Well, and and though I though I, you know the point I did make, which I do want to make clear, I'm not singling them out for ridicule. I think that the helmets of a great many different peoples have looked very funny in their time, and you know I would make fun of them equally. So that's you know that's that's, that's that that is yes. the that is the first what so, is apology I'm going to give on that subject? <laughs> so,
3: so not to totally derail us from the hats or anything, but um, so what is Bard pointing at? He's he's pointing oh, wait, wait, the wait, arrow wait. down. So he... Wait, one other thing.
0: <laughs> one other thing. I want to make sure we include um, a- Andy Higgins' proprietary information that probably no other Tolkien site gets to report on since they didn't have a conversation with Stephen Ooh. Fry, whereas Andy did. Yes. Andy says... Fry told me they tried five different wigs before they decided on the one he would wear, and they tried bald as well. So, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> so,
2: so we can conjure in our minds what the bald master of Lake Town would have looked like.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay. So anyway, to your point, Laura. Okay.
2: So, Laura, you're talking about where he's pointing here.
3: So. Yeah, it, and also you know he's 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 shooting with this hand upside down which is a uh, odd but perhaps you know people the different cultures have different ways of holding that bow um the, the string is also hitting his quiver which I don't do archery but it seems like that wouldn't help the shot at all but what is he shooting at he's shooting down so he's not shooting at a dragon isn't?
2: yes you're um, you're right i mean it does suggest I was just that he's about not that it does suggest that he's not this is not designed to be a shooting at the dragon scene though i would point out the lighting is certainly designed to evoke the attack of the dragon the way that we get well, that yellowish the orange arrow, fire the arrow light.
3: looks the arrow looks black in the picture I mean, I that's un. That yeah that's it's a little like a unclear like
4: a black arrow doesn't it it's possible it's different from the other arrows in his quiver
3: well
2: it's hard to tell because you can and only the, tell by the, the fletching
4: the the, the, ple- the flight does anyway
2: yeah, possibly. I mean,
0: the fl- well, I, its hard to say. You're right. You're right. Well, one thing's for sure—he's clearly, he's clearly in even greater need of the Thrush's help than 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 in the book. Right. I mean, he's not even pointing skyward. <laughs> right. so the Thrush is going to and say, all, right, "All right, first of all, uh, you really need up? to be pointing toward the sky, buddy. <laughs> like you're just not even shooting in the vicinity of the dragon, much less a specific weak spot. So let's." Uh, Let's aim a little higher. A little higher.
2: Maybe we'll get a training montage <laughs> led by the thrush.
0: <laughs> <With> the
2: thrush. <laughs> <laughs> that... That would be great, but anyway, um, yeah. I I mean, I am glad to say that, or glad to see rather, that he doesn't seem to have an entire quiver full of black arrows. uh, At least not in this picture. So that's uh, a relief. Yes, that's true. But uh, but yeah, the the arrowhead is peculiar, and it's even more peculiar when we can see it in one of the other shots that we can see in the trailer, where this is clearly actually hollow. Here, there's a there's a hollow spot in the middle of this arrowhead. Mm. Um, which sort of reminded me of the 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 hollow in the pommel of Aragorn's sword in the Lord of the Rings. That clearly, the weapon designers at Weta have this thing for, um, you know, holes in the middle of holes. weaponry. Yeah. <laughs> um, Weapons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but anyway. Is, I mean, I
4: realize this is a movie poster, you know, but I I I, I think how um, you know if this is like the Dragon Fire. I mean, I. I know this is a movie poster and they kind of do a montage of things, but it just, it's kind of funny how if this is like a reflection of dragon fire, how calm Stephen Fry looks.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I don't think my, my reading of it is that it's, th- we're not supposed to understand that the town is in fact on fire. It's just, there is light right. on right. it and the light right. is supposed to evoke the yeah. fire. It's like, it's a, it's like a, well, I was going to say a foreshadowing, but it's a forelightening actually yeah. of the fire that is to come.
3: Yeah. Well, I, and I think this so poster's bad. meant to tell a little bit of a story. You know, you have Bard defending the town, whether from orcs or, or whatever, and then you have the master of Lake Town and his little minion there plotting to to kill him with the dagger. So... You know, the, it, so they're setting up the tension already. Yes, between the Master of Laketown and
2: Bard. And certainly, if right. we, you know, we, we we talked about that quite a bit back in our Bard episode, which right. feels like it was about four years ago. Um, but um, but so I mean, that certainly, again, <laughs> if we're reading this poster properly, it does certainly seem to suggest that there is uh, going to be some serious tension between Bard and the, and yeah. and the Master. Um, and now
0: we understand that, there and you're are... right, he could be. He, he...
4: Go ahead, ahead, Trish. I was just going to say, he could be shooting at
0: an orc because we do know that the orcs will be coming into Lake town.
2: Yep, we do. Um,
0: So um, now we understand that there may be a very good reason for the master's disapproval of Bard. His stubborn refu- continued refusal to wear a hat.
2: <laughs> it's really a sartorial <laughs> issue. He's breaking the he's breaking the the laws of Lake Town. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, well, but... he wants to show off those uh, the nice streaks in his hair.
2: Yeah. Well, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I had hair like that, I probably wouldn't wear a funny hat. Okay, well, I probably wouldn't wear the funny Wake Town hats under almost any circumstance, but yeah.
4: And he'll say, Will Turner never wore a hat. I'm not wearing a hat.
2: Well, see, there you go. Well, we should probably probably move on to the next one, because we have several of these, and we haven't even started the trailer yet, so um, let's look at the next one. Speaking of archery... Oh, not that one, yeah.
4: This one, so interesting. I love the, the wind swept hair.
2: Yeah. On this one.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: uh, d- does it look like Orlando... No, so, Blue- this you
3: know doesn't say much, except... <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was just, like,
0: completely uh, uh, indecipherable noise.
2: Yeah, that was excellent.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was just going to observe. Well,
3: evidently, the elves are supposed to be supposed to be very, very uh,
2: badass. If I can use that. Yeah. Way. Well, it does look like Legolas's skin um, it looks almost exactly like Azog's here in this picture. I don't know if that's intentional. I doubt it. Uh, but really, doesn't he look like he's made out of plastic?
3: He does. He's almost sparkling. (laughs) Yes. This is the
0: Madame. And those eyes. Those eyes look horrible.
2: Yes, he looks exactly like a wax museum figure. That's precisely what he looks like in this picture. Um, I gotta say, Toriel's arrowhead. I don't know if that's practical, but
0: that's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's that's not going to do anything,
3: but well, and I don't know how she's going to shoot holding it like that either. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that arrow's going to go know. five it, it's feet. It's really <laughs> odd. It looks. i it's just supposed it, to look at it. Good, it's five feet. She looks very good.
2: Yeah, yeah. So this is obviously she looks
3: very laid back. Exactly.
2: This is obviously a reference to that sequence that we've seen in both trailers so far. The. Azog oh, jumping crap. up orcs the wall. In the background. Yep, exactly. Yeah, the orcs that are attacking that yeah, elven outpost. Orcs. We've seen this a bunch of times. So this is obviously a scene which the trailers are really drawing our attention to. Um, and we'll come back and talk about that a little bit more when it comes up, especially with Toriel during this uh, during this episode during the trailer. Okay, next.
0: God, how many of these do we have to get through? <laughs> uh, five. So strange. I don't, know, I don't know what to. I don't know what to make of this expression on Gandalf's face. On the one hand, Dol <laughs> Guldur is in the background, so yes. so I think we're supposed to take it as though as him being sort of frightened and terrified of what's going on there. But he really doesn't look scared. He looks more like aghast and shocked. Yes, shocked. Like, oh my God, that's just completely inappropriate. <laughs> right, right.
2: The, <laughs> the plot line that this does seem to point to is not just look, Gandalf is going to go to Del Guldur, but Gandalf is going to discover something shocking and appalling at Del Guldur. So it does, you know, clearly point to the discovery, you know, to the revelation of the fact that that the necromancer <laughs> is Sauron. He
0: just, yeah, he just walked in on the necromancer um, um, in, a, in, a, in a, while he, he's getting <laughs> threatened. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the, the necromancer just got out of the shower and Gandalf <laughs> walked in. He's like, oh my God, you're naked. Oh,
3: and you're Sauron. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, Matt's,
3: Matt Shaw just said, "Bunny sled just crashed." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know,
2: here is a uh, my my the, the the thing I'm most interested in in this and and there's not too much I think there's uh, that is there's there's not too much to work with as far as a reading of this of this image goes, but the primary thing that interests me in this picture is the sun. Uh, the sun r- rising apparently behind Dol Guldur, and I actually am thinking this. This poster is the strongest piece of evidence I've seen that the Battle of Dogaldor is going to happen in this in this movie because that image of the of the, the the brilliant dawn sun rising behind Dol Guldur. Um, that doesn't just suggest to me... I mean, you can say, like, it's the dawn of a new day for Sauron, but he's... You know, the Dark Lord is not going to be symbolized by bright, radiant light shining out like that. And bright light coming up right behind and through Dol Guldur like that looks instead like like the light over here driving out the darkness and the shadow, which is, uh, which almost, you know, darkens this half of the picture over here and the way that his own face is in light and darkness. And you see the light shining on Gandalf too, as if from above, we've got the shadow over his face and the light up on his hat. So you've got this light from the sun, this light shining down on Gandalf, um, I mean, this 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 looks to me like an image not of doom is coming from Dol Guldur, but rather doom is coming unto Dol Guldur. Like this is either the sun rising or Galadriel is standing right there. You know, I'm not sure which, but um,
0: <laughs> in both cases, probably hmm. bad I'm, news. Yeah, yeah. I'm disappointed
4: there aren't bats. It should it should have been bats. Well, um, didn't. Uh...
3: Uh, Kate Blanchett do an interview where she said she doesn't she's not going to be in the second movie, and she, she said, she wasn't, sure. yeah, she, 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 said wasn't she wasn't
2: sure. Yeah, she she said she wasn't sure. Okay, um, but I don't know. I mean, this is this has been a this has been a, a, a something that Dave and I have agreed on for a long time, which is never to pay too much attention to what actors say.
0: Yes, it's obviously wrong. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. So needless to say, yes, exactly. If Dave and I both agree on it, it's 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 pretty unwise to listen to us. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I, it's it's uh, especially if, for instance, the sequence, the Dal Guldur sequence um uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm not sure. I mean, you know, Matt was Matt was just saying, you know, that you know that she 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 wouldn't really know that it could be edited any which way. You know, it's not like they film the things in sequence, sure. and they're not going to really know. Um, it may well be that she is uncertain. You know, maybe there's a question of whether it happens near the end of this movie or near the beginning of the next movie, and she doesn't know. You know, which is which. I don't even know. Um, but um, but anyway, yes, yeah, so it's it's. Uh, I, I, I'm not saying. I, obviously, I'm not trying to say that this uh, image offers conclusive proof that that's going to happen in this uh, in this film. But more than anything I've seen in any of the officially released stuff, this makes me think that we're going to be headed in that direction. But yeah. uh, that's,
3: well, it almost to me it almost looks like that. That dawn sun rising is revealing something to Gandalf, and that's mm-hmm. why he's got that expression. Yeah, perhaps and what it's per- revealing, I don't know.
2: Yeah, perhaps it's, it know. is just the light of revelation or realization or something, which is connected to that, you know, to his expression there, um, and and not a, you know, light shining forth uh, to disperse the darkness kind of thing. But though it, I mean, it looks like that, especially with the contrast to the darkness over here, but. Next, oh yeah, the eyebrows. Yeah, he looks almost bored in this image. Yep, extremely impassive, which is which seems, you know, to be just ver- the
0: casual way he's holding whatever that whatever the wooden staff thing. Yeah, is,
2: is yeah. Though I love how his staff looks like one of the you know stalagmite pillars. I mean, it's it could be part of the stone-carved mm-hmm. background there. That's very cool. But yeah, his what
4: uh,
3: this look eyebrows, kind of bored. Telling you, his, Un, his ennui perhaps.
2: Yeah, his stern, detached, perhaps uh, affect.
3: The ennui of someone who's lived for a very long time.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the set of his face suggests that he's not simply bored. I mean, it's not like he's just staring off into space. Um, he is, uh, you know, he looks kind of ticked off about stuff. Yes, as D-May says, he looks vaguely pissed. Yeah. That's exactly right. Vaguely. Yeah.
0: Yes. Perturbed. Um,
2: yes, exactly. And I, I very and much that agree with Sarah's the comment. The
3: Is that a spider?
2: It's not, I think, but it does look very spidery as uh, Sarah Lagarde was just saying. And yeah, I, I, I agree was, with that. Uh, that's unicorns. And that's really interesting.
0: Isn't it more like antlery?
4: I think it's antlers actually, but yeah, it's antlery actually. But but my first thought had been hmm. had been spider too.
2: Yeah, I mean basically
0: because well, I mean yes, I you were all just wrong.
2: He wouldn't actually be wearing a spider brooch, <laughs> but no. But
4: no, I think it's like Dave said, I think it's
0: antlers or twi- you know twigs, or, or as Jordan Gitzel suggests a moose beetle
2: <laughs> right,
0: but still, I think that that I think that that connection no,
4: an elk beetle
2: <laughs> right I think that um I think that that connection nevertheless is an interesting one, I mean, especially in the context when we've just had the spiders um that visually is something that's very likely to suggest itself and 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 does i think give him a kind of a kind of sinister overtone okay next so this is the underwater sequence
4: oh this one <laughs> <Underwater>. <laughs> <laughs> This, this one is, is just wrong. Is the scuba
0: just wrong. sequence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. he's we
3: have, have all clothes, the hot... so maybe they are underwater at Lake Town. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have all the hot dwarves in one area, and uh, so... So, you uh, know what's interesting well, to me? Well, so it seems mare. that Thorin his, is going to be with cloth. them.
0: Yes, yes. This seems confirmation that Thorne will not be captured separately. Yep. Yeah,
2: Yeah, he's going to be with them. It's suggestive. You know, one other thing that's suggestive, I think there must have been just awesome fan response to Dwalin, because Dwalin is everywhere in the promotional materials.
3: Yeah, front and center. Yep. I think he, people people really liked him.
2: Th- he must mm-hmm. have he must have just gone over like a fire, like a house on like. fire. I mean that and, is and
0: fascinatingly. There's no Beauford.
2: Yeah, I know. I actually saw somebody in a Beauford costume last weekend, but I, I but he's nowhere. <laughs> just
0: just wandering around.
2: Yeah, yeah, just just wandering around. Yeah. No, it wasn't just wandering around. It was that Middle-earth Day at the Higgins Armory Museum, but um uh-huh. but still it was the only actual <laughs> it was the only Hobbit movie themed costume that I saw all day and it was a and it, and it was a Beaufort costume.
0: This is uh this poster's also an excellent reminder that Poor Thorin has only half a sword. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you
2: know, Orcrist is pretty, I still kind yeah. of like how they did the whole like cleaver thing with the sword you know that it's that's it's, it's kind of yeah. cool i like it i like it um
0: uh, all, right.
4: all right bilbo's quaff for me is very odd i he, I, I don't the whole he, and he looks kind of like he's been like his face has been photoshopped on another body or something but, but his quaff i mean it makes for something that he's like a harvey yeah,
0: yeah kind of
3: and I don't I, don't know. I S- it looked hobbity.
2: The expressions it on it—kind
3: of sh- hobbity, shaggy, <laughs> curly.
2: Yeah. The...
4: But the biggest thing that irritates me is he's wearing—he's wearing the post-Lake Town coat. I'm like, you know, artists. Maybe you don't like the movie. Maybe you don't see the movie. But get the clothes right. He's not wearing a—he needs to be wearing his other clothes, not the Lake Town clothes.
2: <laughs> that is that. pretty odd. I mean they must have just photoshopped the the cobwebs mm-hmm. onto him. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This looks incredibly photoshopped.
2: Yeah, it really does. And I I think yeah. I
3: mean, yeah. I his face Oh, I'm sure. Cool. I'm sure they all are. I think my his face favorite looks very very photoshopped.
2: I think my favorite element of this poster though are yeah, Feely and Kiwi's expressions. You know, like you've got <laughs> you've got <laughs> Kiwi over here. They're
3: just posing.
2: Yeah, who's like what he's just, I, I'm just.
3: I'm just posing.
2: Yeah, he's like, Bilbo, you've got something on the back of your head like I've never seen before. Like, what is that thing? <laughs> and then you've got, you've got <laughs> Feely over here, whose expression is like, oh, boy, another day at the freaking office. You know, I mean, like, seriously. And here
4: I am way in the back
2: again. I know, Exactly. <laughs> like of course they would put me in the movie poster but I'd only be like an inch and a half tall and you can barely see me in the background and I'm carrying something and nobody can even know what it is but anyway whatever
0: yeah so you you want to know the the most surprising part of this poster to me it is uh, the fact that of they course. feel the need they, it is the fact that they feel the need to remind us that this movie was made by the director of the Lord of the Rings trilogy <laughs> Like, you know, I, I, think, I think it's probably good enough. In case it's anyone's good enough to, living under a rock. Well, it's probably good enough to remind us that this was made by the same people who made the other Hobbit movie.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: It seems very, I'd say, it kind of just okay. makes me, it, it makes me kind of wonder, sort of, what was the mar- What's the marketing calculus like? Are they are they disappointed with the response to uh, to the to the Hobbit films? They still feel the need to kind of r- to to ride on the Lord of the Rings uh, coattails and popularity. I,
2: I kind of think it it's, must be that easy actually. Easy. I, I think that they're they're trying to firm up the connection to the Lord of the Rings trilogy.
0: Are they but I think anyway... that people thought yeah. that there was just there was only one Hobbit film, and we forgot there were two more.
2: I don't know. But anyway, let's go on to the big picture.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Uh Uh-oh. Yikes. (sighs) I disapprove.
3: Yeah, does this bring back every bad 80s? Uh Yes. Werewolf film or what? Yes.
2: <laughs> that's what it looks like, Laura. Oh, yeah. Thank yeah, you. I was like really—I've been Laura. bothered ever since I saw this. i like, what does that remind me of? And of course, that's what it reminds me of. Teen Wolf. That's what it reminds yes. me of. It looks exactly yeah, oh, like Michael. Like. If you had put him in, like, a basketball player's uniform, you know, he'd look exactly like Michael J. Fox in Teen Wolf. That's that's it. That's it. Oh, the mystery solved. Um, Well, the one thing I will say about Bjorn here is that he has, and I didn't think I would say this, even more impressive eyebrows than Thranduil does. I mean having eyebrows that you know really should deserve their own line in the credits is one thing but having eyebrows that you actually just comb straight into your hair that's really a different league <laughs> altogether um but uh, yeah um
3: uh, mm. I don't know it's not working for me I'm afraid yeah. and, and yet he has no hair on his chest
2: that's I was noticing that too it, it's interesting that he is so sh- yeah. his chest is so shiny and hairless Um. I would have not expected he that he must shave it and arms <laughs> he must shave yeah exactly I can just see Bjorn for shaving wax. his chest yeah he in for wax. waxing he his must. chest yeah
0: he the, the must. dog, the he dog, dog servants us. wax him he shaved off his mustache in the front of his chin, yeah. so apparently also his chest. Yeah, yeah. A, it is very perplexing. He, he doesn't look remotely Look bare. at that wicked axe. Like Sharon says,
4: he shouldn't need a... If he's a bear, he shouldn't need a weapon. Look at that axe. Whew.
2: Well, he, he... I mean... It, he has an axe. I mean, when, when they first meet him, he's chopping wood. So Bjorn yeah, with the, an axe wood, is, yeah. uh, is, uh, um, not that that's exactly a wood chopping axe, but, um, anyway, I, it's, you know, obviously what they're doing here.
4: Sarah, says all, the, all the, Sarah says all that beeswax.
2: For, for his, for his, <laughs> <waxes his> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, here, what you can say about this is obviously the concept here with, his, with his, his facial hair thing is, you know, the whole thing with Bjorn is that there's a question as to whether or not, you know, he's like fully man or part man, part bearer just a bear that can assume human form or whatever. Um you know, that's a it's a that's a, a question that's never totally resolved uh, in that in in that way. Um so, you know, they're trying to give him a face which looks which is going to resemble the bear, so that when he become when he's a bear and when he's a a human, it will you know his face will be recognizably kind of similar conceptually. I, I kind of like that, but um it's I, but that's the most I have to say for it.
3: Yeah, I wish someone had asked us before they did this. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but you know it doesn't say bear. It just says it just says bad bad werewolf movie to me. You know? I mean, yeah, his face looks vaguely bear-like with this kind of longer straight nose. Yeah. You know, and then kind of the Klingon forehead going on there. But, um, you know, if he's a true shapeshifter, why wouldn't he just look like a guy when he's
2: well know, because back see that 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 could explain why just he's so hairy and hair funny looking face, is that he like he doesn't want to be a guy, you know he wants to like you know he's he's a bear and he's proud, he's representing you know he's he's like i'm i'm, I'm you know I'm a bear dude, and uh you know, and I'm not ashamed of it,
3: <laughs> yeah, but he has no hair on the rest of him, just on his
2: face. yeah well.
3: Uh, maybe it'll be better in the movie. Yeah, maybe maybe it'll be better. This is just a picture. Well, I also, it, remember yeah. the remember that grainy fo-
4: photo that we had of the, from the back where he looked like Sonic Sonic Hedgehog, right? And, you know this this seems to yeah. indicate that that fact was right that he pre- that he has like a long mullet behind him as well.
2: Yeah. Yippee. Hey, you know... Well, maybe
3: this is mid-transformation, too. Maybe he's not all the way transformed or something.
2: And I have to say, I find it totally believable that if a bear turned himself into a human, he would have a mullet. That actually seems to me profoundly right <laughs> in some way. <laughs> I can't explain it, but I just... i That seems to me exactly correct.
3: I can see that. I can see Yeah.
2: That. I don't know. Um, uh, but anyway, all right. this ends our still image portion. Now on to the trailer. Are you guys ready? So we'll do what we did before. We're going to just watch it all the way through once, and then we will, um, uh, and then we'll go back and, and, and talk it through. Ready?
4: So we should try to refrain, refrain from saying anything through the first one The tales and songs
1: fall utterly short of your enormity, O Smaug, the stupendous. We are the dwarves of Elabor. We have come to reclaim our homeland. I offer you my help. Let we know it will betray us. We don't. There is no king under the mountain, nor will there ever be. It will not end here. With every victory, this evil will grow. Egalus oh. has grown very fond of you. you not give him hope where there is none.
3: I I
1: found something in the Goblin Tunnel. What did you find? bring upon us he cannot see beyond his own desires
4: I know well that's at the very end, but he calls him a thief, which sort of implies that he has been there before and maybe he took the trap.
2: Unless he's unless he's merely assuming or suspecting that he is there oh. for the purposes of thievery.
0: That's true. But he stared at the steel stuff yeah, I could be. So so you know what, you know what really strikes okay. me there that's at the end. I mean. He it he sounds he sounds like Benedict Cumberbatch. It's so it's amazing. Even with all the like the modifications they're doing to the voice, if you just close your eyes and listen, but, I mean, I guess you know we know it's Benedict Cumberbatch. But his um, just like his cadence and sort of inflections and stuff, you're like, oh, I can hear the Benedict Cumberbatch underneath there.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's.
0: Well, now what about the eye? Awesome. Did did, they, did the
4: eye say Benedict Cumberbatch to you?
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, it really does. Okay, all right, so let's go through from the beginning here. Um, use your cool quick time. Yeah, I get to play, uh, I I, I get to play with frame advancing here. Okay, so we start with Bilbo, um, and first his tone of voice tales and songs
1: fall utterly short of your enormity, O Smaug the Stupendous.
2: Okay. What do you guys make of that? Now, it's interesting, of course, this is uh, a significant departure from the book um, in that and as you may remember, in the book, during the uh, certainly during the initial stages uh, of the conversation, Bilbo is suffering from overconfidence. At that point, it's one of the only times in the book when he becomes uh, sort of more tu- more Tookish than he should be, and insufficiently Baggins-like. Um, and he, uh, you know, has to chide himself for laughing at live dragons for uh, for again for being totally overconfident um, in his initial conversation. Um, And that does not seem to be the atmosphere that uh, Martin Freeman is going for here uh, in the address of Smaug. He's clearly uh, daunted. But this doesn't just say, I'm really scared to me. There seems to be a great deal more going on uh, with Bilbo here than just terror, don't you think?
0: Uh, Actually, I... uh... I, I didn't read him as as da- as da- I mean that's there, but he, I I don't know I I he almost sounds kind of uh, like overly flattering and and even perhaps sarcastic to me. I, you know yeah, I don't, get sarcasm. Sounded, I don't
3: get sarcasm. I don't get like he was. Go ahead, Laura. I I thought he was maybe acting a little bit. You know I mean putting it, it sounded a little much to me. You know, if he was really terrified, he wouldn't be saying that. So, but it, it, you know, it didn't sound like Bilbo in the book either.
2: No, it doesn't. But, you know, uh, he didn't sound overconfident. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm thinking, see, and the expression on his face here again, see, like without hearing what he's saying, um, I mean, you could say, well, maybe he's acting very well. I, that is maybe Bilbo, not Martin Freeman, is acting very well and pretending, you know, to be awed by Smaug when he's not Um, but that's not what I'm seeing here I'm not hearing sarcasm and I'm not hearing um, uh, uh, fakery maybe so but to to me both the tone of voice and his expression look really like awed to the point of devotion like there's and, and what I'm wondering is you'll remember the passage, the narrator passages in The Hobbit, you know, those, that you know, some of those scenes, which you can't simply put on screen, like you can't narrate them on screen. Um, those scenes at the beginning, you know, when he first sees the Horde and everything and Smaug and he's completely overwhelmed and there are no words, you know, in the only, in you know, what Tolkien called famously the only philological comment, In *The Hobbit*, um, the the business about how there are not words to express his staggerment since uh, since uh, men changed the language that they inherited from the elves, Um, you know, so that passage about how uh, how taken aback, how 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 odd Bilbo is, um, and I'm wondering if they're actually going to be sort of projecting an element of that that they're going to be to show bilbo actually not just terrified like i am facing a a creature who is very strong and powerful and large and might eat me um but if he is actually you know because this is do i don't know it's, it's a pretty big deal and i'm wondering i'm, I'm wondering if they're going to be doing that kind of uh him actually being in awe
3: Well, they have to a little I bit because the, um, you Tuesday know the, two...
2: the audience. Oh. Go, go ahead, Laura. Sorry, okay.
3: there's a little delay. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think Laura. Yeah. There's, there's a big delay.
2: Tr- Trish is lagging. Yeah.
3: I think um, you know as as far as the audience goes, we have to, they have to show Bilbo reacting to the dragon this way, since it seems like they're going to compress the visits into maybe just just one um they have to show him at first being completely awestruck by the dragon or else as the audience is not going to take the dragon seriously so they do have to show some of it but i don't know i guess i wasn't totally convinced by his his awestruckness you know i mean i felt like he was trying to be a little bit sly as well too maybe Maybe. maybe that's just me reading it from the book.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. Um but in any case I do think it's interesting that he doesn't seem to be suffering from over at least there's no evidence of overconfidence. I mean even yeah. even just the way that he wanders out, you know, the the way that he wanders out here. Uh this is not sneaking. This is not how a burglar, you know, he does not look like a legendary burglar here just walking through the hallway and standing out here on this open platform. Um like okay, okay, he's not sneaking. Right. He's just sort of walking out. And again, what I get, what I get from, you know, sort of how he's walking and looking around here and the way the camera is panning around him suggests, like, I am overwhelmed by the grandeur. You know, that's that seems to be like staggerment is what I'm getting here um, from this scene, which they're juxtaposing with his with his words to Smaug there.
0: Well, I kind of wonder, you know, uh, uh, sort of riffing off of what you were saying, Laura. Maybe they're just going to get. Maybe they want to sell dragon the dragon's spell, the dragon's effect on people differently. Instead of it being sort of making you overconfident and tricking you, maybe it's more that they just you you just sort of you're overwhelmed and, and awed by him, and then and then you become compliant. Because because yeah, I think I think, you, I think you, you you might be onto something, Laura. That like I don't think that i don 't think selling the whole overconfidence thing's going to work real well on no. screen i I think the audience will just interpret that as what the heck 's wrong with Bilbo what an idiot right like I, I because you don 't have a narrator commenting like well uh, just in case you were curious, this is what happens when a dragon uh, when you talk to a dragon, you get overconfident in case you were confused, and this seems a little more like in character for Bilbo as we 've seen him in in the first film that sort of Like that, just when he thought maybe he was getting his feet and figuring stuff out, now he comes in, sees the dragon, he's like, oh God, I'm in over my head again. Um, So, I, I don't know, maybe. Maybe they're just they're gonna give us a different a different interpretation of the whole dragon spell.
2: Yeah, that's certainly entirely possible. Now a lot of people have been we we've been avoiding the subject which many of our of our of our live audience here has been wanting to talk about, which is the fact that whatever else is going on, there does not appear to be any invisibility going on, either he either here or here. So neither before he walks in has he put on the ring uh so he's he's not put it on in advance, he doesn't put it on when he gets in, and he goes walking around on the treasure while still perfectly visible, and then is apparently talking to Smaug also while visible. Um, you know, there's still the possibility that we have to that we have to hold open as we've held it open before, that uh oh, gee, maybe they just haven't added in the ring vision effects um in the trailer yet or whatever, but I'm still very doubtful of that. I've never been uh um, I've never been very persuaded by that theory really um, it, it, he looks visible I don't know um, and what does this mean? when are they gonna do uh, you know why hasn't he put on the ring? Why wouldn't he have put on the ring um, I don't know you know Philip is suggesting maybe he's walking in. After the dragon leaves, that is the reason he walks in without the ring on, and the reason he uh, is climbing the hill of treasure without the ring on is that he thinks the dragon is not there, and so he is not going out of his way to be invisible. Um,
0: we we talked. We talked about this. Um, we speculated about this before, and in fact, I think I think we sort of suspected that they probably would eliminate the invisibility from this, and and actually a lot of other scenes. Um, yes, because a- as people pointed out. Uh, um, You know, or as uh, Yana says here, I don't think they'd want to do this iconic moment in the weird ring effect. Which I, from Bilbo's standpoint, you're going to get the weird uh, ring vision, and from the standpoint of the audience and Smaug looking around, it's going to be Smaug talking to nobody. Right. It's just kind of. It's like you know, rank and bass what they would do is they would do the the transparency thing where yes, the audience knew where Bilbo was standing, but the um but the 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 other character didn't uh, but it still allowed you to kind of localize him and the and the conversation didn't look ridiculous um but uh so. Yeah, I, yeah I mean, I think
2: the, the fading of his image in the Rankin-Bass cartoon is just enough to remind the viewer that he's invisible, that nobody else can see him. But you're right, it doesn't disrupt it, and it doesn't make it absurd, um, whereas the Ring Vision would. You know, Dime was saying we didn't see any Ring Vision in any of the previous movie trailers, and that's true. But the point is... We didn't see much ring vision at all in the film, in the first film. You know, that is to say we saw, um, I mean, you think about it. How much time did we spend in ring vision in film one? Well, we had the the initial time he puts on the ring, you know, during the lost button sequences in the pursuit with Gollum. We have the, you know, the, the, the leap in the dark, jumping over Gollum sequence, and then the, you know, running down the hill to chase after the door but that's it you know so we had three short little sequences and none of the now of course he didn't discover the ring until fairly late in the film but still um you know we've been saying all along we expect a great reduction in the total amount of time Bilbo spends wearing the ring um so, so yeah, it, no, that doesn't surprise me that they would do that. The question is simply, how do they justify it? You know, how how do they make that work? How can they explain why the dragon isn't seeing him and pouncing on him if he's not invisible?
0: Yeah, that that I'm intensely curious to know. Like, this seems like a much more. Uh, either he's just doing a very good job of hiding himself behind something, which seems ridiculous, or this dragon's much more kind of a games player and he doesn't feel it's necessary to chomp yeah. him right away.
3: I was thinking maybe they were just going to play up the cat and mouse thing with the dragon.
2: Yeah, Sarah. Then, Sarah is right to say, and we'll get to this a little bit later, but Smaug in this trailer does say, where are you? Um, it is clear that he, he can't find Bilbo. He's not just speaking to him and letting him live. Um, but
3: but maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but in the book, doesn't he say that when Bilbo's still in the tunnel and hasn't come out yet?
2: Need, y- yes, that's where, Earth, where that, that's where the conversation starts. That's where the conversation starts. Bilbo is still right in the mouth of the tunnel, um, and so, so Bilbo certainly not out and climbing on the treasure or anything um, during the conversation with Smaug in chapter twelve of the book. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean certainly also the both the horde and the hall in as they're re- represented in the film are also both. Um, larger and more complex. That is, they have more hiding places in them. Um, It seems quite plausible that Bilbo could hide himself in a perfectly natural way or be overlooked by the dragon um, uh, if he's clambering around in there. Um, Yeah, I don't know uh and obviously a lot of these things you know one of the things that is always true uh you know and that we should always remember and, and will be bringing up at numerous points when we're looking at the trailer is that you you always have to be careful judging context or, or you know trying to draw large conclusions by the tiny little snippets of of shot taken out of context um in the trailer um so you know it, I mean, this, clearly this moment, this, this shot is given to us in the trailer and it suggests by his posture, the way that he's looking up as he's speaking, it suggests that he's essentially face to face with Smaug here. But that I think is unlikely to turn out to be the case in the film itself.
1: Hmm.
2: But we'll see. I mean, we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll sort of, yeah. So, as with a lot of this, we'll we'll learn more about it. But I do think it's suggestive. Um, I think it's it's whether he's acting or not. It's a fascinating little glimpse of where Bilbo's character is going to be. Um, more tantalizing than anything. But anyway, then we move on to December thirteenth. Then we enter into one of my favorite sequences of the trailer um i think this trailer is very cunningly put together i just love the way it is composed so first we look at the first we look at the uh, uh well let's look at both video and audio here
1: we have come to reclaim our homeland
2: So you see how that's done. We are the dwarves of Erebor. We have come to reclaim our our homeland. And while Thorin is saying that, the visuals that were being given are the dwarves being marched across the river into the halls of the Elven King, the dwarves appearing before, and it looks like there's a dude addressing the king right here. This is Thorin saying that, right? We're the dwarves of Erebor. We've come to reclaim our home. Oh, no, he's in Lake Town actually when he says this and you can always tell because there are men wearing funny hats in the background
0: and there's people wearing funny hats
2: yes exactly not to mention dwalin looking soulful (laughs) um and bilbo looks like a little kid bilbo looks like pippin doesn't he look like billy boyd like exactly like billy boyd in that i mean yes hasn't bill doesn't billy boyd make that exact expression as pippin several times
0: Yes. And where's that exact hairdo?
2: Exactly. Yes. Um, but anyway, we'll come back to this in a second. The Lake Town thing, what I'm really interested in is the way in which they're juxtaposing these two things. Um, so throughout this little mini series, you know, this is little mini series of shots in this segment of the trailer, we have a, a repeated juxtaposition of Lake Town and the Elven King. Um, you know so again this 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 address that Thorne is making it's we are being led to associate it with their arrival in lake town in in, in uh the elven king's halls but in fact it's being delivered in lake town and that parallel on its own is pretty suggestive that is we know, especially those of us who have read the book, know that when he is addressing the Elven King, he is addressing the Elven King in chains, essentially, whether he's actually going to be chained up in the in the film or not is unclear. But he has been captured and dragged before the throne of the Elven King. Um, so if that is being parallel to the book, does it almost an anti-parallel of uh, Thorin's reception uh, in the Halls of the Elven King and his reception in Laketown. You know, in the the Halls of the Elven King, he is taken for, you know, a lying vagabond who is up to no good and thrown into jail for no really very good reason. And whereas in Laketown, he looks even more like a vagabond but instead is welcomed as the long lost king and the fulfillment of the prophecies of old and uh you know treated like royalty um and helped and celebrated uh in a you know a, a, a continually rolling party for, for for quite a long time um so however the way that this trailer is sort of suggesting by by drawing the parallel between those Two things, between his arrival and, uh, in Laketown and his arrival in the Elven King's Halls, suggests to me that the dynamics in Laketown are going to be awfully different than they were. I'm not expecting parties for Thorin um, in Laketown in, in, in the film, even just from this. Um, because, of course, you'll notice that the parallel that I'm suggesting seems to me to be accentuated by our friends in the funny metal hats uh, because they look like they're under guard here. It looks like this is the place now where they're being dragged forward as prisoners, not necessarily dragged but pushed forward as prisoners. But I mean, there's there are armed guards here. Um, you know, I I don't know if they've actually been arrested or whatever. But again, the whole setting of it here looks like um, more like what we would we would be expecting. So again, I, I this is leading me to believe that they're going to be facing antagonism, even in some ways, a similar kind of antagonism, in both. Lake Town and the Elven King's halls.
0: Mm-hmm. In fact, it, is it possible that less antagonism in the Elven King's halls, or at least less overt? Because he does he the Elven King. I think in the next scene says something about you know. Oh yeah, I'll help you out.
2: Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well. Yeah. Um. Though I do agree. See, but this is this is another logical consequences, uh, another logical consequence of the way the dynamics between the Elven King and Thorin are changed by the backstory that has been given in film one. Uh, again, Thorin is thrown in prison because he was a vagabond dwarf who could give no good account of himself and who seemed to be up to no good based on the fact that he kept bursting into their celebrations um, with his rabble-rousing friends um, in the forest. Um, so, again, part of why he is being imprisoned is they is that they don't know who he is and therefore assume that he's like some dangerous vagrant. Um, that cannot be the way the story unfolds in the film. It's not possible. He's going to know him. He's going to recognize him. Even if Thorin were not to declare himself for his errand as of course happens in the book. He tries to con- conceal both his identity and his, his, his errand. Um, the reason that he's in the forest. However, um, uh, that's not going to be possible in the films. So there's no way that the Elven King can act in exactly the same way that he does in the book. It's just the circumstances are too different. He instead has to uh, even if he ends up throwing them in prison, or even if he ends, ends up maybe putting them in guest rooms which happen to have locks on the outsides of the doors or something, even if he ends up, uh, you know, incarcerating Thorin it's not just going to Come off in the same way. However, in Lake Town, that could totally happen. That could easily happen. Um, they could be, you know, just sort of held under suspicion or, or placed under suspicion and, and viewed with deep distrust uh, by the master and the people of Lake Town. That would make all kinds of sense, I think. Actually, um, in in Lake Town. So,
0: so I mean, yeah, I, that's interesting. So, so the so the Elven King, sort of by virtue of the whatever liege lord relationship that he that he appeared to have in the backstory he cannot be overtly oppositional or confine um, uh, uh, Thorin sort of just right off the bat he has to at least maintain the pretense of helping
2: yeah yeah I, I mean I I, I I would suspect so um, that, is, that or, or else he just you know makes himself into an obvious villain from the beginning um, I mean, unless he's going to be unless we're going to be getting from Thranduil some kind of, you know, cackling, you know, hand-rubbing villain speech, um, then, yeah, that's kind of what has to happen, I would think. Um, But, so then, then we get exactly, Dave, what you were pointing pointing to here.
1: I offer you my help.
2: Now, one rule of thumb is, anybody who offers you help while looking like that, don't trust them if they're looking if they never look you in the face once and are in fact have their eyes closed and their head turned down the entire time they say i offer you my help um i i I would never trust such a person i mean
4: i proposed a scenario today where he says i'll offer you my help and what we're not hearing is the next sentence which is for a price at which point Thorin spits, you know, half the Tord of the Lonely Mountain Thorin spits on him, and that's how they end up in the dungeons.
0: <laughs> or, or I'll offer you my help. Um, Legolas, why don't you show our guests their nice, comfortable rooms? You know, <laughs> right. the, the ones with the locks on the outside.
2: Exactly, right. Um which just happened to be located near the dungeons. Um, <laughs> that's right.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, it's in the same wing, but um, yeah, it's that, that's really just sort of a, you know, I've been picking myself for letting the uh, for letting the, uh, the, uh, the builders build it like that all this time.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's really just for convenience. I actually like this. We had a, a, one, a, a, one person in the previous session had suggested that the, the trailer is taking this out of context. He's not actually talking to Thorin
0: yeah he was talking to legolas
2: <laughs> right
0: or or to yeah who knows
2: you know i like, could uh, m- maybe he's talking to that uh that like uh uh hunchback richard the third toady of the of the master of lake town you know i don't know Oh that's true um
0: he could yeah i guess he could be talking to a messenger from bard
2: yeah who knows
0: he he could be just talking into a mirror
2: <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, Kevin, an Kevin suggests. <laughs> Kevin suggests he was talking to the pointing elf. I like that. I offer <laughs> you my help. I will come with yeah. you and point to the you path know. that is the only obvious way out of the out of. <laughs>
0: Where do you where do you where do you think you dropped your wallet? Well, you know, somewhere in that direction. I but you know, it's gonna be possible to find the grass. Look, I offer you my offer
2: you help. my help, exactly. Should you need help discerning the only road uh, that is visible uh, in the landscape, I will help you point to it.
0: I like it. It's right there.
2: <laughs> um, Sarah says, where did you drop your burned dolly? Yes, I offer you my help. Um,
0: um, yeah. Uh, Corey, do you yeah, – so here's a question. Suppose um, – no, 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 this can't be right. I, Okay, so I, I was going to toss out there that uh, being, being this a movie and Bill was the main character in the movie, people usually like to see sort of the main character involved in most plot lines – Could it be possible he's talking with Bilbo? Maybe Bilbo reveals himself?
2: That's interesting. See, I still don't have any sense of how Bilbo is going to work in the film, in the Elven King's Halls. Um, Nope. We've gotten absolutely nothing about Bilbo. We've seen no shot of him in the Elven King's Halls. We've seen uh, no one... Allude to him or talk about him. Um, there's no obvious indication that the barrel thing is his idea. Um, we've got nothing, nothing at all about Will. No, and in
0: fact, didn't we get a? Sh- didn't we just get a shot in the trailer of the barrels and like? Dwarves leaping into them.
2: Yes. Now the remember, edge. in the first trailer, we got them in the barrels rolling out, right, with their heads sticking yes. out the barrels, um, in what looks like an extremely unsafe manner. Um, they should obviously be wearing helmets. However, um, they that so we know that it, we. But but yes, we do get we do get uh, 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 people jumping into the barrels here as well. Um, so. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, I do like Daniel's suggestion. Um, you know, I offer you my help, um, or at least I was going to offer you my help until you killed my moose. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, um, yeah. Again, as, as I say, I still have no sense of where Bilbo is going to fit in and what they're going to be doing with him, or to what extent he's going to fit in um, into it, this can, whole sequence. Can you
0: imagine any? Can you imagine any reasonable? version of this where where he is not uh, he's not invisible and, and an unknown guest sneaking around but in fact uh, um, maybe reveals himself to the elves um uh yeah, uh, like uh, maybe maybe like the dwarves behave badly and get in prison, but Bilbo continues to be treated like a guest and so gets to have like a private conversation with the with the Elven King and says like look, you know and tries to mediate. <laughs> uh, I mean right, so he
2: just shows up uh, and he's like, I I'm I'm totally not with those other guys. Um in yeah. fact I really I have nothing I, I I have I have nothing to uh do with them <laughs> yeah. at all.
0: Um and, and that would and that would suggest uh so so what you could imagine then is is um Bilbo trying to win over the elves and swaying Toriel and then Toriel actually getting involved in helping them. Um I'm not sure. What I could see though is
2: I could see Bilbo sneaking around and basically by eavesdropping on conversations, hopefully not too horribly embarrassing ones, um, though that seems inescapable. Um uh, anyway, by eavesdropping on conversations, he uh, basically picks up on the fact that Toriel is potentially on their side and decides to, say to go the other way. And is like, all right, I'll roll the dice um, and take off the ring and talk to her and see if she'll help. That I could just imagine, um, but not necessarily the other way around. At least I have a harder time imagining it the other way around. but Fair enough. I don't know. Um But but again, notice that the thing that I would like to go back to here is the way that this whole sequence is working. If we did not know any better, this whole sequence would lead us to believe that the Elven King is obviously the staunch ally of the dwarves and the Lake Town people are the problem. Here yes. they are, being escorted, graciously, no doubt, into the Elven King's Halls. Here they are appearing before his throne, which all looks very impressive. Then they're being confronted. He's 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 confronting the people in Lake Town, and there's armed soldiers behind him, and then the Elven King offers his help. Isn't that nice? Right? So it's it's sort of interesting the way that they're sort of playing with it here, and then we get the treason talk.
1: Let we know you won't betray
2: us. We don't. And we have, though, again, it's just an, a thing I love about this trailer. Fun with pronouns, right? Yep. How do we. Who the heck are they talking Who about? are they talking about? How do we know he won't betray us? Uh, I, I, who? You mean him? Would those eyebrows betray anybody? I don't think so. Right,
3: they have uh, betrayal written all over.
2: Them. <laughs> but, but the thing is, is
3: or it could be Bard,
2: right? Exactly. I mean, the I thing is, it's 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 almost impossible that they're actually referring to the Elven King. The trailer like beats you over the head. Like, it, it 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 doesn't just invite you to think that they're referring to the Elven King. This shot of this 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 completely unnecessary. Um, bonus shot of Lee Pace's eyebrows uh, almost broadcasts that they're, or or, or seems to broadcast that they're talking about him, right? Hmm. How do you know he won't betray us? This guy, you know, with the eyebrows, how do you know he won't betray you? Um, And then he says we won't, we don't know. That conversation and, and where are they? They're in the boat
3: going through Lake Town. Is that the ruins of is that what that is? Lake Town.
2: Well, see, notice here also they're playing fast and loose with this because we get two shots. Here we get the dwarves with these ruins in the background, right? And here we have the boat in that same place. But this is obviously a different shot. They're not there. There are no dwarves in this boat. We see them standing up like this, you know, with their profiles against against the background. In other words, they're not like sitting down and huddled in the hold of that boat. And there's clearly nobody standing there having conversations about people betraying them in this boat no, right here.
0: That appears
3: to be an yeah, empty. Yeah, doesn't boat. that look like those ruins? Um, that's not Lake Town. Well, is I, it? I mean, those I, ruins.
2: I actually have a I theory that, that this is muscular. Lake Town. I, th- I think that this is Lake Town because, um, because. Remember the passage in the book that says that, you know, when there's a drought, you can see the piles of a much larger town um, uh, um, around Lake Town. Um, that is, the book contains a sense that Lake Town has declined from its previous glory and that it used to be a larger and more spectacular town. The idea that the films would latch on to that and expand it so that they make some parts or, you know, the outskirts of Lake Town, um, in fact, be these kind of semi Osgiliath ruins. Um, it doesn 't actually w- wouldn 't surprise me at all um, i so i, th- I uh, My guess is that this is simply expanding that idea um, and that this is in fact like th- a part of laketown which is lo- which is no longer in service, which is which is merely a ruin, but again a ruin which stands as a testimony to the the much greater glory and riches of the town uh back in its older days when it wasn 't just what? a group of wooden houses.
3: I mean, maybe this is completely wrong, but I thought this might, could be the ruins of Dale, perhaps.
2: Yeah, that 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 is a possibility. There are two reasons I I think probably not. Again, it it could well be. I mean, and that's in in one sense uh, perhaps the most obvious explanation because we know that Dale was a stone city and we know that it is in ruins. Um, one argument against that is that it was on a hill next to the Lonely Mountain. Uh, I mean, I know the lake does come up there, so it's possible that we could get some ruins around the you know, like you know where the where the harbor of Dale used to be. Um but th- the fact that we're getting him uh that is Bard and I'm assuming though it's only an, an assumption that this is Bard steering the boat here. Um the fact that we're getting Bard steering this boat which is either empty or has dwarves lying around on it down at the bottom. Um suggest to me that this is not in Dale yet, that this is still like him taking them to Lake Town from the river, from the barrels. Um, again, maybe I'm wrong about that, but when they're headed off to the Lonely Mountain, as they seem to be here, look, see, they're not huddled in the hold. We get clearly visible mm-hmm. dwarves uh, sitting around in the boat, again, up. Like, these shots could conceivably, like, them being in the boat like this could con- conceivably be this. This could be on the way out to there. Maybe this is on the in the ruins here. But if so, then why is Bard in the empty, or at least empty-ish, empty-looking boat, which is not busting full of dwarves like that boat is? Um, of course, it's a different boat. He's, it's well, not. It's not got the sail, right? So, I mean, it's a different boat well, anyway. It's talk about the mast.
3: Yeah. S- Sarah had a had an idea. Could it be Bard checking out his old stronghold of Dale?
2: You know, maybe maybe we are going to get a soulful, like, I just come to the ruins of Dale to hang out, because you know, I long for the days yeah. of old, and it's possible. It's possible. Um,
3: well, it's it's just, it's very clever editing, because if you just look at it quickly, it all seems like it's it's continuous. You know, you've got the dwarves in the boat, and then they flash back to Randuel and then you have this boat and but it's all edited in, it seems like, from completely different spots in the movie almost. So
2: yeah, it, it clearly is. Um but though again it's made to look like a continuous narrative, right? Um mm-hmm. and again that's what's so clever about it. Uh and I think it's 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 really well done. So anyway, this conversation. Again, they can't be talking about the Elven King. I refuse to believe that they're talking about the Elven King.
0: Because no, they the sure the he's going Exactly,
2: Dave. That's exactly right. Because there's no question, right? They've just escaped from his prison by jumping into barrels and running down yes. the stream with elves shooting at them. They're not going to be like, do you think he might betray us? Oh, I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe not. They, he, he cannot be the antecedent of that pronoun. So who is? Bard? Well,
3: I suspect they're talking about the, Bobo. The man. The master? Now that's Bilbo.
2: An, Bilbo. That's an interesting suggestion. They probably don't know the master of Lake Town yet, if they haven't gotten there. Nope.
0: It's probably. Mayb- it could maybe be Bard. It but, could maybe
2: be Bard, but Bard but, is presumably five feet away from them in this small boat, <laughs> so it would be an unwise conversation to have if it were Bard. Do
0: you remember? Our, do you remember our speculation from from the various uh, Bilbo? Um, Thorin bromance, um, yeah. uh, the uh, you know um, episodes and discussions where we said we think the character arc is going to be the first film. He's 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 skeptical, and by the end of it, Bilbo's proved himself and their friends and hugging. And this film starts off with them as friends, and what we reach by the end is is. Uh, and it's something ranging between distrust on the behalf of Thorin and, and, and disgust on behalf of Bilbo at Thorin's behavior to even, you know, um, uh, Thorin threatening to throw him off the ledge. And and we and we see a couple shots at the end of this trailer already pointing that direction. The the weird confrontation with uh, Thorin, sort of cutting Bilbo off with the sword, so Bilbo can't walk away. And then the conversation with Balin about I'm not going to threaten the mission for like one yeah. burglar. His yeah. name's Bilbo. I I think I think what we're seeing here, this is probably a third to a halfway through the film. I think we're already heading in the direction of. of you know, um, Bilbo has earned Thorin's trust and admiration for being brave and, um, uh, and, and courageous. And what he's going to discover, however, is that Bilbo is also honest and true and, and moral. And as Thorin starts heading in more of a sort of a ruthless, amoral direction, he's going to start thinking that he can't trust Bilbo anymore
2: yeah I mean that's it, I do find that that that's. I don't know if it's true Dave but it's my favorite interpretation of this scene yet um, that it's Bilbo that they're talking about <laughs> let me let me go back and listen to this again my help
1: let we know you won't betray us
2: we don't okay except that don't believe it anymore I just talked myself out yeah. of it the reason I don't believe it anymore is that it's Dwalin who says? How do we know he won't betray us? And I, I maybe Dwalin would say that about Bilbo.
3: Damn it! But I, you know, I just don't see them being that worried about Bilbo. I think it's either. Either. I think
4: it's Bard. I think they're talking yeah. Bard. Yeah, they're talking low toned. I think they're talking about.
2: Yeah, and especially Thorne's look here when when Dwalin says that, and he's looking like he's looking over at Bard steering or something.
0: Yep, I think you're right. It's Bard. Yeah. Now I stand. I stand by my assessment of the character arc between Bilbo and Thorin. Right. Right. Uh, I'm still pretty sure that that's the the uh, that's the direction we're heading in. By the end of this film, they will be estranged. But but I think this specific scene. Yeah. See, look, there's Thorin glaring at Bard again.
2: Yeah. And here's, uh, and Beaufort and, and and and. And a really somber-looking bomber. I mean, this is this is this is yeah. totally bomber being like, "See, look, I'm not just a joke. I am a totally serious actor."
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think you're right, Bard. <laughs> and, and note that Thorne is looking up, yeah, not down, right? Not down like he would be if he was looking at.
2: <laughs> right. Right.
3: Bilbo.
2: <laughs> but again, now the question that this portion of the trailer still raises, though, is that the th- th- that other thread running through all this has been the Elven King. Um, and you've got in a sense, you've got the Elven King who has ex- who. Presumably, has by this time exposed himself as if not a villain, then at least an opponent of Thorin's. And then you've got the Master of Lake Town, who is most likely going to be transparently a villain as far as the the viewer is concerned. Um, at least, certainly, that trailer with his uh, with his Richard the Third dude with the knife certainly seems to suggest that. And then caught in the middle of those two is Bard and the fact that bard is going to be suspected like the other two would be perfectly natural um but again the way that the way that the trailer here is in particular seeming to connect bard with the elven king or, or to really to parallel the two of them at least in their relationship with thorin is i think i is i suspect very misleading but um but interesting um and pretty cool so now, we should go on to the next uh, phase of the um, of the trailer, as it's, we're already an hour and a half in, and we've only done 30 seconds. I know we talked about the stills for quite some time. I think it's time,
4: that but... in this trailer, they don't have the Master of Lake Town at all in this trailer. Yeah, still,
2: it is.
0: Still that still. is fascinating.
2: It is. I, I don't know if we're going to get, like, you know, the Stephen Fry trailer later on or something, where we'll get a lot of him. Um, but... Um, I, I don't know. I do find it interesting that we're not going there. Um, the, as I said, a lot of, you know, I think that one of the clear sort of motifs of this trailer is not only Bard and the Elven King, but some kinds of parallels between them. Um, but by
0: the way, uh, yeah. Corey, yeah. So, so on your your hypothesis regarding the, the the reception and Lake Town, if in fact that turns out to be true, and 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 it's not just Bard who is suspicious and hostile, but the town itself, how how on earth are the dwarves going to get any kind of help? Getting because because they need help. They've got nothing. Yep. Uh, and they're going to need ponies and equipment and food and and all that kind of stuff. Where is that help going to come from if 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 they're not going to be welcomed by the by Lake Town?
2: It's a great question, and I'm not sure because they clearly do get it. I mean, here's Thorin, right? He's in what was clearly the padded shirt that he was wearing under his armor before his armor was confiscated by the elves, and mm-hmm. now on the boat, ta da!
0: Yeah, this is somebody who's been arrayed as, well, as a king. Well. If not a king, at least a I, raid. He's got a he's got a, a, a crimson
2: cloak, dude. Well, yeah, the crimson cloak is pretty cool.
3: Somebody did his hair too. Yeah, but I was going to say maybe maybe the master of Lake Town um, helps the dwarves just to spite Bard. I agree. That's what I think. <laughs> just to kind of get back at Bard
2: or the Elven well. King. Um
0: i mean i'm i'm heading in the direction of um that it to the extent so so it looks like bard picks them up and brings them into the town is that is that kind of what what it looks like it does look like that yes i'm thinking to the extent that that they are met by guards and brought into the town under guard that it's because they're with bard right and then once they reveal themselves the master of lake town at that that it's not that they're it's, so they're not going to be met with parties the way they are in the book, but they also won't be met, you know, and thrown right back into prison again. But right. rather that the guard's going to meet them at the gates because it's like, oh God, Bard, what are you up to now? And then they're going to be like, oh, I'm the King under the Mountain, and all that. And and the Master of Lake Town then perhaps, despite Bard, perhaps in opposition to Bard, is going to say, oh, well, you know, our welcome guests. Why don't you come up dinner with me and we'll equip you and all that kind of stuff. I don't
2: know. I, I And again, this is because we have almost no information whatsoever about the Master no, of Lake Town so far. Which
0: makes it wonderful to speculate. <laughs>
2: yes, exactly. But I have the faintest idea what his angle is going to be on all this. Um, yeah. I mean, he, it's one of the things in the book that's really fascinating is that, you know, the way that he both is positioned By circumstances, but also positions himself by his own political maneuverings, both in relationship to the town and in relationship to Bard, especially later when Bard, after Bard kills the dragon, and to Thorin. Uh, both before and after, and to the Elven King. I mean, it's it's a delicate situation that he's in, and he handles himself really well. Um, I don't know how those circumstances are going to be different in the film, or how the character of the Master of Lake Town is going to be different, so that you know that he might handle those situations very differently. But those things are going to be because there's so much that's unknown. I feel like I can't really come up with a with a good. Um, Sort of theory about how the dynamics in Lake Town are going to work, but but Dave, I certainly do agree. We can't get around the fact that they are going to be given equipment. So somehow, somewhere, that's going to happen Um, because he's wearing armor. It's not, you know, the best armor. I mean, he's not wearing he's not wearing you know like full metal armor. He's wearing mostly leather with some metal, but he's certainly been given help in Lake Town. Um, yeah. but,
4: I think that poster of Bard, the very first poster we looked at, I think lends credence to the you know Bard versus the, the master thing. I yes. think if, if I hadn't seen, because I hadn't seen that poster, we talked about this on Tuesday, and so I wasn't as convinced, but I mean, I'm thinking that poster I think definitely gives some as to kind of how the factions in Lake Town are, so I think you know I think there is some credence for maybe the you know the Master doesn't really care about the dwarves. He thinks they're full of baloney, and he doesn't think their quest is worth anything. But Bard
0: has spoken out very vociferously against them. Therefore, he will now be there. But it, it seems like it seems like um, that would suggest. That would suggest that there, there obviously needs to be some pro dwarf camp in the the citizenry, such that it such that it is to the master's advantage to support the dwarves while Bard opposes them.
2: Yes, um, though though Trish also your theory suggests that Bard clearly has some recognized standing in the town. That is, if the response of the master is to say. Oh, Bard opposes them. Well, then I will help them. Um, instead of just saying, "Well, Bard opposes them," who cares? Shut up, Bard. You're nobody. Um, if that's not his reaction, then there needs to be a reason for that. So I'm wondering if I mean, is he going to be known to be the heir of Girion? I mean, is that going to be a public thing? I mean, is is that is that's that,
3: that you know, does he have a local reputation this week?
2: Yeah. And I think it's a really that's good right.
3: question. It's conundrum. Yes.
2: Yeah. Um,
4: well, um, we haven't gone to that point yet. Remember here in this trailer, he speaks out. I mean, Bard doesn't hold back. I mean, he's definitely speaks as somebody with some some level of authority or at least, you know, with a voice in the town. And it, it, you're right. I don't know how that's going to actually look. But I do remember that. the other thing that you said, I think Dave said, he picks them up. Remember, I always wondered, we have that photo of them when they're first in the town square and they're ringed by the funny hatted soldiers. And Bard is actually inside that ring of soldiers. Yes. And I always thought that was kind of strange, but when Dave was just talking through the scenario, then it makes sense. Like, Oh, Boy, Barb, this what- seems
2: like a
0: really good riddle.
2: Yeah. 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 We should probably come I'll back write to this. this down. Yeah. Take okay. notes. Take notes. Yeah. We'll, 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 We'll Probably come to back to this riddle. and make a riddle.
0: Yeah, Anything else you have generated that would make a riddle. good riddle? <laughs> 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 the, the who who's who are they talking
4: about betraying? You know. Oh yeah,
2: the betrayal. Yeah. Or, yeah. You
4: know. yeah. Yep.
2: Concerning oh whose betrayal are they uncertain <laughs> in the boat? <laughs> yes. Who's the him? <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Yes. Who's the antecedent of thorn's pronoun? Earth dwollen's pronoun, actually. Um,
0: if we do that riddle, that is exactly how we're going to yes. word it.
2: Who is the antecedent of dwollen's pronoun? <laughs> Yes. Um, Yeah, good. Well, okay, Um, let's... Look, this is the... You know, we'll, we'll see Bard's speech here, of course, because we have now, again, another thing where, you know, one of the things that this trailer loves to do is to take dialogue from one part of the film and juxtapose it upon video from other parts of the film and to do so in really suggestive and stimulating ways. So we have... A return to this shot, which was the opening shot in trailer number one. That is the the boat or boats. Uh, I think it's one boat. So from one angle, like from this angle, it looks like there's a second boat, but I think it's just one boat. Anyway, the boat that is bringing the dwarves presumably towards the Lonely Mountain here. Um, but now we get so so we get two scenes, two two visual scenes that we've seen before: the boat ride to the Lonely Mountain across the partially frozen lake and then the dwarf Colossus with them crawling up the axe of the dwarf statue. Sandwiched between the two of them is the shot that we haven't seen before. Um, And sandwiched between these two this is obviously, this is like the Return of the King money shot, right? Thorin, exiled king now dressed up in, if not a, a grade armor b plus grade armor uh with the dawn light you know tinting the clouds vaguely pink behind him uh in the in the blue sky He looks upon the Lonely Mountain for the first time and then we segue immediately to the shot of the memory of the grandeur of the dwarven kingdom of old in this giant colossal statue of the great dwarf kings of legend uh, that loom great in his memory and everything because, of course, he is a king. You can see his crown up here that looked like the crown that Thror was wearing uh, back in the flashback in the first scene. So this whole visual sequence, is you know is is very the I am king under the mountain, I have returned, right? And then they juxtapose mm-hmm. that with excellent audio.
1: there is no king under the mountain nor will there ever be.
2: <laughs> love that. Um, <laughs> while the visual while the visuals are saying one thing, the the audio is saying exactly the opposite. And I love there is no king under the mountain like this. Nor will there ever be, you know, the reference to the future when what we're seeing is an image of the past, right? Yes. So cool, so well put together. As I say, as I said at the beginning, um, you know, I, don't, I you know, I, I'm not 100 percent sure that this trailer shows that the second film as a whole is going to be great, uh, but this trailer is great. I love the trailer.
0: <laughs> no, Hollywood is increasingly adept at making excellent trailers. All the while, their ability to make great films is in doubt.
2: <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so yeah. So for now, I'm just gonna I'm I'm, uh, I'm just gonna enjoy the trailer. But we should see, of course, where this is where the, these segments are taking us. So there is no king under the mountain, nor will there ever be. It
1: will not end here. With every victory, this evil will grow.
2: Okay, so now we have the sudden juxtaposition with Toriel, the elves, and the attack of the goblins. Now notice, this is the transitional scene. Once again, we get the third, in the fourth visual sequence in a row. Of the last four visual sequences, three of them are ones that we've already seen in the first trailer. Right? and this is the fourth the third one of those in, in, in this sequence this is the transition between those two concepts the King Under the Mountain sequence and then the Toriel and Legolas sequence and the transition is this scene with the elves jumping around and shooting at dwarves in barrels um, and in that moment is when we get Toriel saying
1: it will not end here with every victory this evil will grow
2: it will not end here I mean, here, here's where it will not end because those blasted dwarves are going to get away. Oh, wait, we're not talking about dwarves, are we? We're talking about orcs. We're talking about larger evil, like that large, for instance. Um, so that transition, <laughs> Boy, I think you is, were
0: really, You were really enamored of this trailer.
2: I, I, I'm, I'm loving this. And I also really love doing frame advance and backwards. So just... <laughs> I'm just going to be continuing amusing myself. First- Sorry,
4: I said, "And you're doing penance for having lost the first one, right?"
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, anyway, so as I said, this this transition is really interesting because you know we have first, again, the elves opposing them. So this seems a transition from not the visuals here, but again, the audio, nor will there ever be. Why will there never be a king under the mountain? Because all of these things stand in his way, all these obstacles that have to be overcome, such as freaking elves shooting at him in barrels, right? You know, like the the elves are the, are the enemies, except oh, wait, wait, hang on, they're not enemies. They're opposing the enemies of the dwarves. They're actually on the same side. And Torio, of course, being the voice for this as she was in the first trailer of actually we're not on the opposite side from these people.
0: Ooh, and that poor dwarf there got an arrow in the chest. Yeah, that or dwarf orc.
2: That orc, yeah. Um, and this... Victory, this evil new group. This evil will grow. This conversation... I, do, do, do you just think I'm right in saying that this is clearly the same conversation Toriel and Legolas were having in, yep. the, in the other trailer? Yep. Yeah.
0: This is a continuation of it.
2: And, and as, as, as we remember, the conversation that we got from the previous trailer was, you know, this is not our fight. This is our fight. Remember, that was what they were talking about, whether it was their business to be involved in this fight. What she's saying here is very interesting to me. With every victory, this evil will grow we were talking in our analysis of the first trailer as to what they were referring to right when they say you know this is not our fight this is our fight are they talking about the dwarves or like going to the, the lonely mountain and and trying to kill Smaug is that what they're talking about or or the opposition of the dwarves what are they talking about here I think
0: they're talking about Bilbo she well, <laughs> really wants to get rid of him <laughs> yes
2: this evil will grow yes that, that sinister hobbit who's taking over um it seems pretty clear she's talking about the forest here. She's talking about mm-hmm. Dol Guldur. She's talking about the orcs and the spiders and the evil of of, of the which which again was something yeah. we were theorizing, but it was not obvious from trailer number one. It seems pretty obvious uh, the fact that mm-hmm. we're getting this while they're while they're fighting orcs uh, in the foreground. Um, and you know, and so, and so then the the context of this is not our fight, this is our fight, becomes much, I think a little bit more, a little bit clearer. And I love this look by Legolas right here. You know what this look obviously says. This look obviously says she's right, and I really don't want to admit it.
0: Yep. <laughs> That's that's the most reluctant player yeah. ever. <laughs>
2: yes, this like all guys.
0: Shut up!
2: All guys know this look. This is the look you're having when you know you are losing the argument. Yeah. <laughs> and you really don't want to admit it. Yeah. Yes, that's yes, that that look says, "Dang it! I don't have a leg to stand on here, and I hate you for it." <laughs> Yes.
3: I am Legolas.
2: <laughs> yep. Yep. So <laughs> then we get Legolas shooting her that other. Okay, no wait. Now we transition. Um so far from it if, you know so Mr. it's not our fight now he's angrier. You know, okay, I'm, I'm grumpy here. Now I am angry in earnest. Um
0: yep. we get Legolas action mm-hmm. figure now I'm here. slamming my daggers back into their sheaths.
2: oh wait but before that uh when you slow this down dave watch what you notice watch trish and i noticed this already in the last one notice
3: whose sword is that
2: that's orcrist
3: uh, what the heck he's fighting
2: with orcrist
0: and who is he fighting and where a goblin
2: he's this in is lake
0: town he's, he's
2: in lake town he's clearly in lake town it's got to be lake town the we've or got the nets
0: stale? no the ruins
2: no it's not it's wood the there's there's, there's wood and plus here you can see this is an inhabited place we got a candle uh, yeah. burning it's back inhabited, here yeah and
0: is this, this yeah. post dragon we decided
4: on tuesday that actually legolas is a translator for the thrush
0: so yeah
4: legolas is going to translate for the thrush the,
0: what the heck is he doing with Orchis? Well, that actually... But if you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Well, Orchris has been confiscated. given it up. Yeah, well... What can I so he's bringing it back. He's delivering it to Thorin.
2: No, he's keeping it, man. Like that's a oh, sweet sword. Okay. Of course they're going to yeah. use it. And you know this is an ancient elvish sword from Gondolin and they have, like this this you know the dwarf had it and they yeah, confiscated right. it. So like of course the elven prince is going to be like, "Yeah, sweet. I'm totally upgrading to that like, you know, ancient magical elvish sword." <laughs> he looted Thorin. <laughs> yeah, he totally looted Thorin. So I so this I I totally didn't notice this until we were just we were going through this scene really slowly and we were like wait 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 a second. That's crest,
0: Yeah. Gosh, has anybody else noticed this?
2: I don't know. But but anyway, it's clearly there's there there is obvious I don't know how this sequence is gonna go down, but there's obviously an yeah, or that's
4: another you saw it first here. <laughs> that's you right. saw it first here, our mm-hmm. little mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, twice. You saw it here both Thursday and Friday first, or Tuesday and Friday first. Um, so yeah, so we've got we for some. I mean, this this has to be Lake Town. I mean, just from the 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 shots here, it's a wooden mm-hmm. house. It's inhabited. It's got like nets and Shit what nets. looks like sailcloth up there. A boat right there. Um, this is pretty obviously Lake Town. It's got to be. What else could it be? Um, and this is obviously a goblin. There's no question. If you look there, it's obviously an orc he's fighting. So we are going to get orcs and Legolas in Lake Town. Um, so we have to sort of figure out this actually is something else that we could possibly do a riddle on because. How this is going to come to pass, and under what circumstances that Legolas and possibly that we don't see her Toriel, uh come to Lake Town to fight orcs? Um, how, when, why? These are all questions that I have about um, um well, about could this it whole be sequence. That, hey, you
3: know, you know this, this, this is not just this scene, is not just Legolas this and Toriel. Scene, you know, with all the juxtaposition.
2: Yeah. That could be. Oh, we lost you against Trish again, Trish. That that could be what not
4: that scene. But this this scene this could be this could be Russ Goble This particular scene is that's not Orchrist he has it in his hand anymore.
2: There is it? Yeah, you're right. He's got his two knives again here in this sequence. He's fighting with Orchrist here with his two knives on his back, and here he's fighting with the two knives. So again, these are you mean? You're right that these are obviously not continuous, as the trailer suggests that they might be. I don't know. Well,
3: I thought he still had Orchrist in his uh, right hand.
2: No, see, that looks like one of his knives.
4: That window, the window over on the left-hand side reminds me of the, of the windows in Ross goble when the
3: spiders were showing up. It does, a little bit. When he was, uh, hmm. when he was with Suplit. There's both... There there's there's like fishing nets and stuff in inside that house.
2: What's what's hmm. that? Huh. Anyway. But Is it he, moving? It looks like it's moving.
3: Yeah, it's moving. Another
2: orc. Another orc that's flying off to the side, I don't know. But he's clearly fighting with his two knives here. We've got one knife in his right Mm -hmm. hand and the other knife in his left hand. So he's got his two knives and not Orcrist in this scene. Anyway.
3: Could it be that the the elves, um, the elven army decides to follow... The orcs into Lake Town. The orcs that are following uh, the dwarf that's party. What
4: we've, that's what we've been told in uh, some of the press articles.
3: Well, it's
2: the, it certainly uh, does uh, seem uh, to be suggested. Yeah, it does seem to be if suggested.
3: So that would be how they would be up there. Um, you know, the mystery of why did the why does the elvish army show up at the Lonely Mountain? They're they're following the orcs. <sighs> if so it's, it's the, the
2: whole Lake Town, army, though. I mean I'm not
3: Well and then from Lake Town up to Lonely Mountain later on.
2: Yeah. Well though though it's it's not clear to me that it's the whole army. I mean this could just I don't
3: just... think it's the army. I think it's Legolas and That's that's yeah. what I'm wondering. It is, is it is it just yeah. the two of them or is it, it are there more but, of them? And I don't think they make it to the Lonely Mountain.
2: I kind of suspect that they're that they're I kind of I kind of suspect that they're going rogue there that is le- and Legolas, um, mm-hmm. yeah. But anyway, um, so then we have him. Sheathens. And Here's
4: another good riddle, by the way. By the way, you guys, another good riddle is uh, how Thorin get Orcas, because later we will see that Thorin is barring Bilbo's way, and
2: he's using Orcas to do it. I, I, so I, I, I don't think that's Orcas, really actually. That. I, I think that we can see that that's that that's a different. We'll, we'll oh, look so? at it more closely, no, yeah, but I, I think it's a we've different seen... story.
0: We've seen we've seen um clips of I actually found other people not very many, mostly people in threads on other sites, but a few people have already noticed uh that Legolas has Orgris. And they were discussing what sword is it that Thorin has instead. And it's kind of a curved fla it it actually looks somebody uh Tuesday. Yeah. So some somebody somebody in one of the threads was speculating that it was another elf play, but it actually looks kind of like one of the orcish scimitars. It's kind of got the sort of the the you know wicked looking curves with the spikes and stuff so um right I don't know I don't know what sword he's
2: you going. you remember in the first trailer he has
0: something
4: when he's in the barrel remember exactly
2: the barrel? that's just what I was saying yeah. when we see him yeah. swinging a sword in the barrel a sword which looks kind of curvy and vaguely orcrist like but when we slowed that one down we could also clearly see that was not orcrist but an orc sword um so it is possible that it's the same one I don't actually think so but it doesn't but it's but it, I think it, it's clearly not Orcris that he's confronting Bilbo with in this trailer, as well as as I think we'll see when we get there. But wait, okay, but we can't delay it any longer. Legolas has grown
1: very fond of him. Do not give him hope where there is none.
0: <laughs> <sighs> so moving on to the next. Yeah, one. let's go
2: straight sure. ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I think that about takes yeah. care of that.
3: Oh look. From the directors of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh, is that who did this? The look on her face.
2: <laughs> Here. Wow, she at, really. Yeah, look at the look on her face. She really like that. What does that look say? I mean, that look says to me like, God, did you step in something? That is awful. I mean, like, wipe your shoe. <laughs> like seriously, doesn't <laughs> this look like?
3: Well, I think. <laughs> okay, my interpretation of this is that since she is not Cinder Elf, right? She's just a regular run-of-the-mill green elf. He's saying that you know you are too lowly to um, to have any interest in my son, and that's why she has that look on her face. Okay.
4: <laughs> yes. Well, and I that think it's a-, a surprise to her. I think it, I think it, it's, it's a surprise to her that he's saying that to her. She didn't realize until now that
3: she's
4: considered... Either that or she didn't know that the thing between her and like.
3: Either that or she really does not like Legolas at all. That, <laughs> can't stand the thought of it. It, it. That is perplexing. The wording doesn't
0: suggest... It, it doesn't... It seems like if the problem here was you're beneath my son, you shouldn't get involved with you, it would be more a you don't have any hope, stay away from him, but... You're giving him hope. Oh, I I think
2: he's just being, I I just think he's being indirect there. You know, it's like, you know, wink, wink. We know that he has no hope, right? Like, you know, basically what he is saying to her is you are going to start discouraging him now that is your you know go you know i i am i am giving you your marching orders and your marching orders are you are not to encourage legolas in his thing he's like i don't want to have to step in myself and forbid this uh and so if you know what's best for you you are going to br- start right. brushing him off right away
4: now somebody he has pointed out the fact that so far you know there's this pattern of the voiceover not really being from the scene that we're seeing so I mean that could be true here too
2: that would be awesome let's hope so um, yeah let's let's hope that the, the dynamics are actually completely different than they are that they imply here and we're just being set up um, that would be lovely um, I love Jim's suggestion Jim says notice he has his back turned tutorial so he's probably actually just talking to somebody else in fact he's probably addressing Thorin here and he's she's just overhearing it It's <laughs>
0: actually talking to pointing elf <laughs> you know like legolas, legolas lost his favorite brooch in the forest and pointing elf was really just saying i think i saw it over there right over there along that trail and and randuel's like look i don't want you giving Legolas any hope okay where there is none so he's never gonna find that brooch and Toriel is like... And she's what? thinking, oh my god, I stepped
4: on that brooch. I, <laughs> I so. stepped on that oh, brooch after we yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, that is a much better... Uh, uh, I, uh, thanks, I, yeah, I really feel I much like better, better about this too. whole sequence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, however, it's hard to get away from that.
0: I have for, for this episode. It's hard to get away from the Orlando blue, meaningful look.
2: Yes, and the, yeah. like the I'm all, like, look shy and sheepish and looking down before you turn and give me your soulful look. And, uh, yeah.
4: But I, but I thought... I, he still looks like yeah. a wax character. Even in the live shots, he looks like a wax character. <laughs> Where do,
0: yeah, that's true. This is, this is just what Orlando Bloom looks like.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: What, um, do we have... <laughs> Why is it that we why is it that we thought that there was going to be a romance between Toriel and one of the dwarves? did one of the did, Where did we get that idea from again? I don't even remember. Was that from
4: a Aiden statement? from Quinn in an interview.
2: Yeah, it was yeah. an interview. Yeah. So,
4: got uh, they were
3: we throwing something there? out there to just throw uh, us all off yeah, the track. Are we meant to, we meant to
0: we, is there a line of reason now that that was obviously him, he was confused, or they edit, changed that? or
2: <laughs> They did some heavy editing you know, later
0: thinking, on. I, I, <laughs>
4: <laughs> from yes. what I remember, though, it was something like he said that he, he has a crush
0: on her. I don't think he ever said that they oh yeah that's. I guess that's possible and we,
3: we took it and ran with it but yeah maybe Thranduil is talking about uh, Keely and that and not uh, Legolas <laughs> oh no but he says Legolas is probably yeah. of you but maybe that's something completely different
2: but maybe there's a love <laughs> triangle no no wait I've got it see because Keely <laughs> yeah. has a crush on Toriel but Legolas gets a crush on Keely. so that's yes. the problem uh, <laughs>
4: that's what I think it is we have a yeah. Midsummer Night's <laughs> dream going on here
2: yeah um uh, I, I, uh, hence is, is telling us that the pointing elf is in fact Elros, which I'm uh. I, I, I was kind of fantasizing that that was the case, actually <laughs> um, that uh, I, I I totally expect that, El- I mean, I'll go on the record again I think that Elros is simply going to be an elf extra who is given a recognizable name, I don't think it's going to have anything God. to do, in fact, with the brother of Elrond Um I'd
3: yeah I'd, like yes. Ignor in the first
4: film.
2: Yeah, Ignor was
4: a it character. was a popular yeah. name the year that that elf was born.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Everybody was, was a lot of naming their kids Elros that year. But um uh but I was joking about the fact that I I th- I would love it if it turned out that the pointing elf was in fact Elros. So um that that makes me not as happy as some things would make me, but um uh anyway, yeah. So so, no, let's, uh, I, uh, let's you know, I'm can I just say how, how, poor, how far this thing has degenerated that, like, now I'm kind of, like, rooting for a seamy love to triangle with the dwarf? <laughs> um, <laughs> just because it would be less, like, predictable and tedious than, the, you know, a thwarted romantic interest between Legolas and Toriel?
4: Laura, Laura, we should go back and harvest clips from, like, year one about this topic. You know, and yeah. carry now what Corey just said and just like like do a collage of Corey. Oh.
2: <laughs> it's will. it's very dangerous to leave myself in the hands of other people editing me. Um but,
0: <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. No. Well This
3: is true. I I'm a
0: big how very progressive of them if they include a um uh a uh, gay elf dwarf romance.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind oh, of doubt elf it. Elf dwarf elf. Yeah, I kind of doubt it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Anyway, too. let's go back to the king. on The king under the mountain is returning. Ready? There he is. You have no right to enter that mountain.
1: I have the only
2: right. Okay. Before we get back to Bilbo and the spiders. Um... We transition back to I love the we got this shot here in the first trailer. Thorin standing and looking over the ruins of Dale, but it was just here. It was just this is what we got in the first trailer as I recall. We get also him scampering up onto the ridge and looking, which I quite like. That is we see the the, this the the movement and the action of him actually arriving, him acting like here is Thorin's own first glimpse of Dale that we're getting and of course Dwallin because uh th- like his agent must have negotiated sort of something that he's got to be something Remember, yeah.
4: i mean last year it was like there's keely there's keely, there's keely. Now no it's, exactly there's Dwellin, there's
2: Dwellin. caden turner should 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 or aiden turner should fire his agent and hire Dwallin's agent obviously <laughs> because this is clearly um but uh, anyway, uh, so so we've got the Thorn is returning and looking over his domain, and then we get, again, Bard being grumpy about it. Um, I love the visuals here. Now, notice we've got, of course, plenty of the... Pointy hats, hats. Um, And also, as, as I was suggesting on, on, on Tuesday, <laughs> I love this guy. This guy seems to be in, like, every single shot in Laketown. Like, this one old guy who also, of course, <laughs> like Bard, you'll notice, does not wear a funny hat. I suggest, therefore, there's obviously some kind Maybe of familial or thematic connection between Bard and... Uh, white-haired dude with no hat. But anyway, we've got Bard-looking stern with the soldiers behind him. Um, and Thorin. Look at how Thorin is depicted here. Doesn't Thorin look teensy in this picture? He looks
3: tiny, <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, <laughs> this is like
3: gigantic
2: mini-Thorin. Now, on the one hand, of course, you can say, well, of course, Thorin is quite a lot smaller than Bard. If he is standing toe-to-toe with Bard and having a shouting match, he is in fact going to be staring into Bard's navel. That's, like, totally what you would expect to find. But you know, they're very careful with their camera angles, with the scale, you know. Um, there's no reason, they don't have to have this guy, you know, Bard's shoulder in the foreground. Um, they've chosen this shot and the angle of the camera looking down on him with the obviously taller guy in the foreground to, you know, this this seems a shot that is calculated to make Thorin look small. And I think that that's a really fascinating thing. We've got Bard, on the other hand, looking huge. Yes, he's in the foreground, and he's not actually that much larger and taller than the people behind him. But again, he's looming up. The camera angle is looking up at him. We don't even get his whole head in the shot, right? Because we're looking up at him. And then Thorin, you know, is is, is down at the bottom of the shot because we're looking down at him. Just the, 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 the way that, that Bard looks to Thorin and Thorin looks to Bard... Um, is I think really heavily emphasized here, and uh, it, it really adds an interesting level um, to the to the, the the actual exchange that they're making. You have no right; I have the only right," says Thorin. Says cute little. And,
4: and it's, I think it's the first time we've ever seen this this angle. You know, like they've been on the boat together, but Thorin was sitting down. You know, in other words, there hasn't been, at least that we've seen so far in the trailers and and the vlogs, there hasn't been a situation like this before, so that makes this even more, I think, uh, striking.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, So, though, again, and and I love the way that it's, that Thorn is sort of sandwiched between, you know, we get this little Again, the, the, his returning home at the same time that the dialogue, the Bard dialogue, is emphasizing how, you know, there is no king under the mountain, you have no right. Um, it sure looks like Bard is not being frightfully supportive of Thorne and company in Laketown, as we were speculating about in one of our earlier riddles.
0: Oh, I thought it was just the editing. I figured Bard was talking to the master's assistant.
2: <laughs> right. It's quite <laughs> possible yeah, maybe that they're
0: they're actually both telling the assistant that. Bard saying Hey buddy, you have no right to enter that now and and, and Thorne says, That's absolutely right. I have the only right. I, I love Thorne's like, Yeah, 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 he should go.
2: <laughs> I love I love how we've seen we've seen uh we've seen the master's evil henchman in one poster shot and we've now imagined him in almost every scene of his film so far. He's become this ubiquitous character. He, he's the guy everyone is always talking to off scoff off off screen. <laughs> <laughs> the real star of the movie. That's perfect. That's perfect. Okay. Bilbo.
3: We've been blind.
2: Okay, before we get blind, um we have Bilbo.
0: Look at his blood. Yeah, he got punched in the face. The
2: blood on, is the woo- the blood on his forehead is the only is the only color in this entire scene. I just, I find this so, so striking. Looks a little woozy too. Yeah, well, I mean, he's apparently yeah, you're right. been hit in the head.
0: Isn't that interesting? This this could be, but for his his face and particularly the blood. This could this could
3: be a, a, like poster a black show. and white film.
2: Right, it could be a black and white film. I mean, it's it's yeah. an almost entirely black and white scene. His lips a little bit where it looks like they're slightly bloodied, um, but yeah, so, like Bilbo's blood. It just it, it it the way it jumps out visually in this scene gives it in my mind an almost you know like emblematic significance there. You know that you know Bilbo bleeding. It's I'll, I'll be interested to see this scene in context um, to see exactly what's happening. Well,
4: it's here. interesting because since he's wearing spider webs, it would, you know, you we could infer that it's like after it's like, you know, mm-hmm. after people have been freed and they're in the middle of fighting the spiders.
2: Well, I, uh, uh, yeah, or it's... Or, um, or after it's after he's because d- don't forget, well I don't know if they're going to do anything like that same sequence, well, that, but of course but in the book he's getting wrapped up, and then he's setting to himself
4: is starting to exactly webbing.
2: so he'd have spiderweb on him from the beginning, he could just be this could be after that first right. sequence before he's gone after to rescue the dwarves um, Daniel, Barr is, or Bear has asked a really interesting question is it spider blood? Do the spiders have red blood? Could this be the blood of his enemy sp- splattered on his face um that we're seeing here you know i i don't know i don't know i don't think so i don't think spider blood is red like that (laughs) that is i'm trying to think of how she Sheila didn't bleed red blood uh in no
3: she uh, bled black blood wasn't black or like yellowish ooze or ooze yeah
2: i'm not, not quite sure but um uh anyway um
3: So could this be after the dwarves are captured, and Bilbo's left behind? Oh no, never mind. He seems if
2: assuming that these two shots are contiguous, which is always a rash assumption to make uh, in a trailer. But assuming these two are contiguous, he is approaching the Uh, colony, and there are visible dwarves. Same
0: movie, actually.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) There are visible dwarves wrapped up.
0: can we also comment on no ring yes. again?
2: He's he is going perfectly visible, apparently, into the colony of the spiders.
0: Interesting choice. I'm I'm cannot sure
2: I cannot explain this.
0: Not sure that's what I would do.
2: Yeah, I cannot explain this.
0: Well remember from the first trailer, we
4: have that one where he's hiding behind a tree and he's looking at the ring, right, isn't he? There's a spider on the other side of the tree and he's looking like he's looking at the ring like, should I put it on? That
2: was in the first trailer. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's... The complete lack of invisibility in places where it seems so obvious he should be invisible. Um, You know, with Smaug, with the spiders. Even though we anticipated less invisibility, um, this goes beyond just decreasing the time spent invisible, um, it seems like if he's ever going to be invisible with the spiders this would be the moment, right? To have the ring on, um, if he's ever going to yeah, do it. Yeah. So, you know, I... Uh, I'll, it, it's making me wonder some things about what direction they're going to be going with the relationship between Bilbo and the ring. Is he going to be reluctant to put it on? That's one possibility that would explain why he's not putting the ring on in places where it seems like he obviously should. Are, are, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just. I, I, I'm. I'm. I'm trying to. try I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure that out. But. Um. Yana still is still hoping that this is just editing and the ring effect will be added later. I still disbelieve that that's going to happen. But. Um,
3: yeah. And and I don't hold out a lot of hope for Adder Cop or Tom Noddy. It it's look not like look. It's hard to imagine. That's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, in this kind of circumstance. I, Laura's like going to be so disappointed. He doesn't look I like know.
2: he's about to bust into song here. No. <laughs> That is not the expression.
4: But he may still say it in some way. We have to really cock our ears for this because remember they did, they did um, out of the frying pan to the fire. I think Gandalf said that when they were yep. running through the trees. Yep. I mean, you know, they came, so he sort of salts in this stuff. So we got to be listening. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I am. I am. I, I. I. I agree. I am not without hope that the word Adderkop will be said somewhere in the film. But yes, it, I. I don't think he's going to sing. Um, that seems unlikely. But now we transition from the discovery of the dwarves wrapped up uh, in spiderweb to Gandalf.
1: In our blindness, I remember that he turned. Okay.
3: Gandalf's... Just in case you weren't sure it was Sauron.
2: Right, yeah, exactly. We get
3: his eye.
2: Yes, we got the eye revealed. <laughs> now, I love this shot of just like...
3: Well, it
4: happens right after he hits something.
2: Yeah, I'm walking across the random bridge. This is a fantastic piece of architecture here. Um, very <laughs> practical. Yeah. Uh, uh, Though it's obviously designed to evoke the Bridge of Casa Doom, right? You know, this is, you know, Gandalf like. Mm-hmm. But I hope I don't get caught on this narrow bridge. You know, I have bad luck on these things. Um, <laughs> so he's like in a hurry to get across that one. Well, it's
4: look like, at that! It's... Look at that gibbet! Look at that gibbet that's below and to his left.
2: Down here, yes. You got like a hanging a little, cage a little, here. No,
0: no, that right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so here we are in. That's a, that's a really funny comment, Corey, because it, it, it's kind of. They, they, there's almost this like merlin thing going on with gandalf yes. in that we've watched we've watched the future the mm-hmm. future events in previous films and then they're leveraging that by showing us a shot like this reminding us of things that happen to him in the future it's like gandalf's moving backward through time
2: yes yeah uh, <laughs> um it's well again that's the consequence of doing things in this order right of of doing the lord of the rings films first and then going back and doing the hobbit um that kind of thing is almost inescapable and i think it's it's well, it's pretty cool
3: it makes it makes it easier to foreshadow yes, sarah, sarah exactly points out your foreshadowing sarah points out by the way
4: think of this as as a really interesting counter position to the uh, dwarves crossing the bridge in uh, in the elpen King's hall. It's almost like it's almost um composed similarly, yes, I think that's kind of an interesting,
2: uh, yeah that is interesting yeah um now and
3: then isn't this the poster shot right there? Doesn't that look just like the shot? From it's the pretty lawyer. close,
2: but notice yeah. how the lighting I is nothing. Shape his
3: yeah, no, there's no dawn or there's
2: no light. There's no yeah. there's no top light and the shed, yeah. the brim of his hat shadow. Um, also,
0: here here he looks legitimately concerned and even scared, as opposed to scandalized. Right? Yes.
2: <laughs> just my eyes are bulging out of my head like it was in that. In that...
4: So, Point, Sauron actually has his clothes on still. Yeah,
2: exactly. He's <laughs> just scary and not indecent. Um, now, uh, to, to, to ask and quickly answer the question, or at least to give the answer that I think we would all assume, of, of, of who is he talking to here? The answer is presumably Radagast, right? Yep.
0: yep.
3: So,
2: okay, so so he's talking yeah. to Radagast or
3: maybe, probably. Maybe Galadriel? Or, hims- or himself.
2: Maybe. I mean, we don't see any sign
0: of Radagast here.
3: <laughs> or the thrush.
0: Or the thrush. We can never rule out the thrush. He, he could indeed be talking to himself. He's, he's been known to do this before, as he sure. often chooses to speak mm-hmm. to the most intelligent person Yes,
2: the present. wisest person present, yeah. yes. Um, possibly. <laughs> now, here is one of the other controversial points. He says, our enemy has returned, at which point we get a shot of orc armies mustering and we can conclusively call these armies. This is because we, you know, this is not just a horde of, of orcs. We have them marching in ranks here, clearly, with banners. So this is an actual organized army under commanders advancing. Um, does this, therefore, demonstrate and prove that Dol is, in fact, a military center? Uh, as we have been talking about and speculating about before, um, I do not at all conclude that that is proven by this sequence. Again, the way that the voiceover of this scene is leading us to imagine that this is continuous—that is. Gandalf goes into Dalguldur. Gandalf discovers that it's Sauron. And once he does, we. And, and what does he find there? Armies of orcs! Army. Mustering and marching to war! Oh no! Run, Gandalf! Run! No, too late! I see you! Right? That, that appears to be the narrative <laughs> of this sequence. Or wait, actually, no, it's not quite like that. It's like I'm escaping. Wait! There he is! ow! You know, it seems to, like, cause the explosion. <laughs> Bam! It hit me in the eye! Yeah. Anyway. Um, so... Okay. Though, to do serious analysis of that sequence, we have him running with his staff, him turning around. We don't know whom he's hitting off-screen, but we have Gandalf, you know, this whole shot is Gandalf running towards the light um, through Dolguldur, apparently, Um Fighting—that is, you know—we see Gandalf standing, you know, in this in this you know doorway, in this narrow opening, you know, this the 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 visuals tightly framed on Gandalf alone, you know, whirling and fighting and resisting Sauron, obviously evil, an eyeball, an eyeball, yeah. Um, but um, so again, this this seems to sort of suggest Gandalf's role, um, not just as spy discovering things in Dol Guldur, but actually, um, actually, you know, standing against them and fighting against them. But anyway, back to the Orc army. Um,
3: so is that conclusively Dol Guldur in the background of the Orc army? I think
2: not. I am not at all convinced of this. Um, this doesn't look to me like Dol Guldur. It might be, but I am not convinced that it is. Um, these, cra- I mean, maybe those crags are the ruins of Dol Guldur, but they also seem to me very likely to be this. This to be uh, uh, somewhere in the Misty Mountains. We know the orcs are mustering. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book, they're mustering. Um, they're obviously mustering under captains. Is it, you know, Kevin suggests it's Gundabad. That seems to me far likelier than that. This is Dol Guldur. Um, so maybe
3: we'll see. Wait, wait, wait What all. are the
0: ruins in the background? That looks like Dol Guldur.
3: <laughs> I'm not convinced. Yes, that it could, could be. be any ruins, though. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I guess mount- technically it's mountainous. That could, I guess that technically could be anything, really. Uh, it's it, it's, it's it, very steep there. So. It
0: looks like Dol Guldur, but, but Dol Guldur looks like basically generic ruins
2: lots of ruins um
0: yes but but, but yeah actually Could that would be a really that would be a really interesting fake out if this was like a shot from the very end of the movie where um uh Bolg or azog or whoever is uh um um mustering the forces of the the goblins of the north to go attack the lonely mountain
2: Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I and and of course, in saying...
3: that's probably what it
2: is. Yeah, I'm not even suggesting that this army is not, you know, that that the the suggestion that the voiceover gives that this army of orcs is under the command of Sauron is totally misleading. I'm not saying that. It it, it, it may well be under the direction of Sauron. Um, And this is, I would presume, this is the goblin army that is heading to where they're going. You know, if you could see just... You know, if you could see just off screen that way, there would be a big sign that says to the lonely, you know, the lonely mountain this way. Um, I assume this is the army (laughs) that's going to the Battle of Five Armies. Some people have looked at this and said... Have you
4: noticed that a lot of these guys have bayonets on their helmets? Bayonets on their helmets. Check it out.
2: That guy's helmet is pretty awesome.
4: Things on their helmets. Yeah. Yeah, look at the guy next to him on his left, too. It's like, whoa.
2: Whoa. Yeah,
4: that's pretty amazing. You can just do a headbutt and kill somebody. Oh yeah,
2: like this guy just, like yeah. split him open. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. This guy, this guy, these guys have like a forehead job there. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, I am. Th- I've been. I forget who it was, and I apologize. But I was having an exchange on Twitter earlier today with somebody who was suggesting that this this glimpse right here shows that the battle of Dol Guldor is going to be a like battle of Helm's deep ish style battle. Um, but I don't agree at all. At least it might be, but I don't think that this proves that or to me even really strongly suggests it. Um, I think that this is, um, this is simply the, I I, 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 I do I I actively do not believe this goblin army is going to, the Battle of Dol Guldur. I think they're headed to the Lonely Mountain. Um, now, maybe if this is, if these ruins are in fact the ruins of Dol Guldur, um, then it may well be that the that the army of goblins that ends up at the Lonely Mountain is Sauron's army. And that has implications, which I... Yeah, I was thinking that too. You know, I'm not quite sure exactly how to follow up, but... Um, and and uh, definitely. Well, I mean,
4: we know Bulk is Dumbledore. I mean, or at least we're told he is, anyway.
2: Who? Wait, who? Gandalf? Wait, which? Wh-
4: no, Bolg. Bolg. We've been told that Bolg is at is is he, that that's where he works as Doggledor.
2: Right. You mean we were told that a long time ago, in those original things? Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. His character, like his character, is his little he, character he, he's sketch he's he's set, set before it. everything so,
2: changed. Yeah, that he's was. Not, but that was when back when, change. like, Bog was an action figure and everything, and not marginalized.
4: Well, it was back when we knew Bog was in the movie?
2: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right.
4: <laughs> now we're not sure. <laughs> it's,
2: that's not even yet been proven. So yeah. But assuming
3: he yeah, is in the movie, yeah. and they haven't Just, changed his <laughs> you know his role. <laughs> Who's Bolg's
2: agent? That's the guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There. Yeah, yeah. Definitely have to fire him and and can connect himself with uh, hire
3: Azog's agent.
2: Yeah, yeah. With uh, Azog's agent and Dwalin's agent. Maybe they uh, work with the same guy. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I, I this is you know this is an interesting glimpse. Um, but I am I am. Not convinced this is Dalgolder, and I am certainly, and I do not believe that these goblins are going to fight at Dalgolder. And whoever he's hitting off screen here, I don't think he's hitting the um, ignite eye button, nor do I think he's. <laughs> Fighting these yeah, guys.
0: It doesn't it look like he's fighting? Doesn't it look kind of like the same scenes we've seen before of him fighting crazy old man?
2: Well, I'm wondering. I kind Brian of. Th- that's That would be my number one guess as to who is actually the recipient of this uh, bludgeon here from Gandalf. I think he's more likely to be hitting some crazy old guy than either goblins or the initiate eye explosion button
0: what do you think what do you think the chances are that the the shots of the orcs marching the Orc army marching are are from a like a prologue or epilogue flash forward to the future Battle of Dale taking place during the War of the Ring just 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 shooting just putting that out there complete I think, shot in the dark
2: I think the odds of that are about point five percent.
0: But how awesome would that be? We've t- I think we've talked about that before, and, and 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 speculate, and just said generally how much we would enjoy it if we got to see a glimpse of the future battle. Yeah, detail.
2: it would. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. It'll never happen. No, it won't. It won't. No. <laughs>
0: There's um, always
4: the mirror galadriel guys, you know. We could it could be. We could
0: get that She just brings it along with her to the battle Dog.
3: Yeah, that's that's the only place yeah. we ever saw the she has scouring a, she has a, of the Shire. Is in the is she in has the a mobile version. We saw the scouring a, of the Shire. She has a mirror Galadriel yeah. app.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what what does she just like carry a teacup around with her so that right. she can gaze into it? And, yeah. 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 Um Yeah. Uh, Okay, so I love the transition here. And notice we've now, at um, midnight, reached the middle point of the trailer. So we should probably keep moving.
0: Yeah, that's a disturbing trend.
2: (laughs) So, okay. So we transition, we have a full fade to black and we linger there for, for a while. And then we transition to a bucolic scene of... Okay, well, it's Merkwood trees. Um, this is more sunlight than it seems really should be coming through uh, the canopy of the trees of Merkwood. But I really kind of like this as a visual didn't image. We
4: decide this is where Bilbo climbs. P- probably where, didn't we think that maybe this is where Bilbo looks up. He's going to climb.
2: Yeah, you would think so. But again, I, the, I I I do like the fact that we have. You know we're looking up through the black the blackened and twisted tree trunks and branches um and you can still just see the light of the sun peeking through. It's not accurate um as to you know how Markwood is described in the book, but it is um you know sort of symbolically cool in this moment, and it's interesting. To come from here, where you've got, you know, our enemy has returned, uh, and the eye wakes up, and then you get the glimpse of sun. So you got the explosion of fire, followed by the glimpse of the sun through the branches and the dark entry. So we're looking out of darkness up towards light. And then down at Bilbo, from that vantage point, so now, like, we are the sunbeam, looking down at Bilbo, down on the floor of Merkwood, and then he looks down and sees the ring on the ground beneath him. So I love this sort of the vertical shifts in these, uh, in these segments here. Um, and again, if uh, as we had downward trending towards darkness and upward trending towards light in that visual direction, we've got the ring at the bottom here. Um, though notice it is among very lovely leaves so it's not are, like
0: how are we ever going to finish this podcast if you keep going on and on about the photography
2: well uh, you know <laughs> the answer to that question is eventually that's how we're going to finish it <laughs> and then we've got Bilbo so, getting all emotional
0: so why is he picking the ring up off the ground
2: because nobody can hold on to the ring and
3: that's a totally different sequence or different right, time, time period the because right. the spiders it's easing the spider nest there
0: his and hands
3: uh it can't have post? anything to do with look at this that over to the those... left look at that thing over to the left looks it looks like a mushroom or something they
0: murdered all the spicer spiders at this yeah, point it... yeah what look, the hell look i that? see it, i see things that look yeah, like spider legs it. sticking up in the background at, it the does look like legs. that doesn't it yeah, Dead yeah. I
2: I I do like yeah. to think that this is after Bilbo has already chopped all of the entire spider colony into like quiver, into quivering <laughs> chunks, and then realizes that he's lost the ring somewhere, and he's like, oh, okay, phew. Now I've killed all the spiders and found the ring. Um, I suspect my guess, Laura, is that the ring falls out of his pocket when he falls out of the tree, which we see later on in this trailer. But that's just a guess. Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: Um, I don't, I don't really know that, but you're right. There is a, Obviously, this is much later in the film than this scene here, um, where he's totally unwebbed and still with the dwarves.
0: And what's what's he doing with his hand here, too? Uh, he, keep going, keep going. No, forward, forward. What? Well, why is he putting his hand over his mouth? Uh,
2: this is this is a, this is a burst of emotion uh, on his I, part. This is a oh, phew.
0: Yeah, like he, he thought, thought he'd lost, lost his ring. Yes,
2: ring. he thought he'd lost it and he mm. recovered it and and he's feeling all um you know relieved.
0: A very interesting. They're, that they're his really...
2: precious has returned.
0: Hmm. They're kinda of playing
3: that up a bit.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of am. Um then we get his conversation with Gandalf. Oh,
3: I love this. Oh, this God. is my favorite this is my favorite scene. I love this. Oh my courage, good. You'll
0: need it. He's got, he's got bed hair too, Bilbo. Yeah. Very ambiguous. Yeah, he does. He does. Look at yeah. that. Yeah. Guy yeah. just
4: woke up. I agree. With I think this is a great scene. Yeah.
2: Now, the quick question: When is this? Obviously, before, before Bjorn. Bjorn's house. Is this like in the first five minutes of the film? Probably yes. so.
0: Yep. Yeah, this is like I, uh, I think. think, I think it, yeah. this is the analog. Do you think to the it's before and... Bjorn's house?
2: Yeah. when Gandalf yes. splits
0: off and goes. Or oh, goes yeah, he oh, yeah. oh, could oh, begin off splitting.
2: Maybe, off, but... maybe, but maybe, Gandalf maybe, maybe want to he to wants to tell Gandalf before he leaves. That's possible.
0: This this seems like the analog yeah, to the Rankin Bass scene where where uh, you have Gandalf saying, um, uh, "Your story has the ring of truth." <laughs> Well, that actually, though, is exactly
2: that that smarmy line in the Rankin Bass film um, invites the listeners to think that Gandalf isn't fooled at all, really knows exactly what's going on here and is like tipping the wink to Bilbo and to the viewers. Um, the, The depiction of Gandalf here is much less certain to me. Does get how how suspicious is Gandalf? you'll need it very suspicious uh, just a little bit suspicious
0: I, it's hard to tell yeah. I, I think it i think it certainly leaves open room for a, a gandalf who decides not to do it not to make anything of it at this point you know a sort of the the role the, the gandalf who likes to roll just kind of roll with things and like well, all right you know, something fishy's going on here but bilbo's like Whatever it is, it helped Bilbo get out of the mountains safely. I'm just going to let it go. i got better things to mess with right now. The the same Gandalf who who let the ring uh, alone in the Shire for, like, 30 years and just kind of figured that he didn't need to do anything about it. Right, right. Yeah, I I think it's kind of that Gandalf.
3: Yeah, Yeah. if he was that suspicious, he wouldn't go, uh, I mean, 60 years, right? 60 years without... (laughs) Thinking anything about
2: it? <laughs> Though again, that's one of the problems that they run into in doing this film. You know uh, that yeah. there's there's always, there's that very serious risk. And we've been talking about this for a long time. Very serious risk of continuity problems with the opening sequences of the Fellowship of the Ring, um, and some of those I think are 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 pretty uh, are kind of inescapable. But yep. Um, what I'm interested in here is the sort of confessional mode that Bilbo starts off in? I mean, if we go back just to get his audio here.
1: I found something in the Goblin Tunnel. What did you find? My courage.
0: Good. You'll need it. Well, yeah, I, he did the little Bilbo, the the little fiddle with his pocket thing, for which Bilbo becomes famous later in the Lord of the Rings.
2: Yes, exactly. And I'm I. What fascinates me here is, is of course they do the thing where he he turns away and doesn't admit that he has the ring, and we can see with the with that trademark Bilbo fiddling with the ring in his pocket seems to suggest um, the, uh, the 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 influence of the ring on Bilbo as we saw it manifesting itself in association with that gesture back in the fellowship of the ring film. However, what interests me is why this comfort, conver- not, not where this conversation goes, but why this conversation begins. Um,
0: and yeah. And, and, and also, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting that's okay. the choice, to inc- the choice to include it in the trailer. Yes. The, clearly they are emphasizing um, clearly, they were emphasizing, "Hey, Bilbo's got the One Ring, guys." Just you know, just wanted to remind you that this film involves One Ring. And that, now that could be entirely the marketing people saying, "Hey, people recognize this artifact; we should do this." But there could also be a narrative reason for it too.
2: Well, and notice they have juxtaposed this; they've they've gone to this right after the revelation of the Eye of Sauron, and I don't mm-hmm. think that that's a coincidence. Yeah. Um.
3: Well, and it shows yeah. that Bilbo's already lying about the ring, too. Exactly. And he's already exactly. He but
2: again But again, to me, even more suggestive is that he had the impulse to confess it. Why has he pigeonholed Gandalf here and been like, um, right. I, I really feel like I should confess yeah. to you that I have, oh, next, never mind, I'm changing my mind. The fact that he changes yeah. his mind isn't a surprise. The fact that he comes to Gandalf with this impulse to confess is a surprise and is suggestive of, of ways in which the ring is working on him, I think. Yep. Okay, now we get into the... We have a little slinker's tears going on here, right? we got Bilbo and Schmilbo. Yeah, (laughs) I do think we have a little bit of an internal divide uh, in Bilbo there.
0: It's so interesting that they are going to... They're going to put... They're putting... um, Screen time into this—that this is uh, this is going to be it, maybe 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 like it's like a Z-level plot, right? right. But it's still it's there, it's on screen. Yep, uh, it's being included in the trailer, and 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 it's—I right. mean—the the ring is acting on Bilbo really fast. I guess it kind of does in the book um, because he, he even then he's lying, but right. But you sort of when you go back and read that you can't you, you, a lot of times you you sort of can't help but shake the, you know you can't help but have the feeling that this is really just because tolkien is is just doing his very best to retcon things but it's sort of an imperfect retcon job right um right but 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 in the but in the context of the film i mean it's it just shows that that like bilbo becomes bilbo's bilbo's a not entirely not completely innocent character in this now he he's he's corrupted at least a tiny bit
2: yeah, yeah, yep. Okay. Now, now we well, come you
4: know, re- to make this really simple. Actually, I mean, I mean, in my, the, I make part of what I do for a living is create communications for different types of learners. And you know, there's the type of learner that reads and the type of learner that learns visually. I mean, we've already had the from the director of Lord of the Rings. Okay, that was for the people that read. Maybe this scene
0: was for the people that you know need the visual. Haha, uh-huh. Okay.
2: Right.
0: So, do you, Trish? Are you suggesting that, Trish? Are you suggesting that that it's really it doesn't it's not actually that important in the context of the full film, but that that the marketing people have chosen to emphasize it in the trailer? It, it could be. I mean, that could
4: be another reason. I mean, it, they're just like because they've already said from the director of Lord of the Rings, we've already yeah. said you know why didn't they say director of the first what film they said director of Lord of the Rings you know and so yeah, now it's like that, we want to make sure that you understand enough. that this is the um, ring.
3: Also, I, I mean, I think, um, I don't know who it was that said it, but, um, you know, they're not really, they're not really doing The Hobbit on film. Right. They're doing the epic that leads up to The Lord of the Rings.
1: Right.
2: So, right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um uh, can I just point out that I'm the one who's trying to move on now and you guys are all conspiring to hold me back just thought I would for the purposes <laughs> right, of justice point this I out I
0: haven't been complaining I don't think any of us have been complaining I oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean I'm fine I'm I'm not really complaining. I just
3: like, hey, making, you know, taking advantage of it. I do yeah, have that's to true. work tomorrow. So. Uh,
2: okay. Well, let's let us carry on then.
3: Now <laughs> and, we And I and I may in fact need to, to leave before we finish.
2: Sure, no problem, Laura. We can we can yeah. we can yeah. release you.
3: You
2: can carry on. <laughs> we're, we're not no. going to we're not going Don't to imprison you. we you.
0: off until we're done.
2: <laughs> we're not going <laughs> to imprison you in the guest apartments with the locks <laughs> on the outside. <laughs> the outside. Um, but uh, okay, so now we come to the rapid action sequence.
1: Dragon fire and ruin. That is what you will bring upon us. He cannot see beyond his own desire.
2: Okay.
3: I, I love that shot of oh, leaping
2: yeah. leaping
3: in front of the fire. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, this is like the money shot right here. I love this. But anyway, um, many, many things. Many questions are answered in this sequence if you slow it down, and many new questions arise. Um, This... We th- this opening. I assume that this is Bilbo's already covered in spiders, so this is clearly not his initial spider confrontation. This I believe to be the analog of the old fat spider who stayed behind guarding the dwarves. He is, I think, up here trying to cut dwarves down. It's and the spider bursts upon him, and he falls dramatically. That's my that's my guess as to what's actually occurring here in this sequence. Then we have Bjorn and we can just see Bjorn looking interesting. Does it, the face just doesn't look quite right. It doesn't look like he's got eyes. But whatever. Anyway, so here's... We have the spider bursting out. Then we've got the bear bursting out. We've got them running into... I presume this is Bjorn's house. They're going to end up you know, barring his door against him, as we saw in the first trailer. But first, they're coming in through this, you know, this Garth area, this walled, you know, this gate in the outer wall. I don't know if his bee pastures are inside or outside of this, but anyway, this is presumably we were... Now, notice this. That's Gandalf. Mm
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Why is Gandalf running from Bjorn? Right,
0: yeah, good point.
2: That. Well,
0: uh, so, well, so Gandalf is Ginoff he's has leading them away, Bjorn, right?
2: Gandalf is what? He
0: has never hasn't. met Bjorn.
2: Uh, no, he hasn't. Um, oh. But uh, it's just I, I, I don't know. I I, I just
3: to well, be... yes, because he says you've you've met my cousin Radagast. Right. Yeah, they,
2: so, so they've never, never met my cousin Bjorn. Radagast. No, he hasn't. You know, Bjorn knows. says that he's never heard of him.
3: And all he
0: knows at this point is there's a giant bear running at him.
2: Right. That uh, seems are those, like
4: are those bear statues there above? They the
2: sure. I was just noticing that too, Trish. These do look like yeah. bear statues.
0: <laughs> like, bear. It's, like, it's like the the country bear jamboree at uh, at Disneyland.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: but, <laughs> do you think those statues will come alive and start singing? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh to
2: me the to me the more the more puzzling thing. I mean, okay, if they came alive and started singing, that would be more puzzling. I don't mean to suggest it <laughs> wouldn't, but uh is it, if you think about it, so Bjorn carved very tall statues of bears on his house. Like it's not enough for him just to be a bear; he has to be like. But
0: I have to go for the whole bear architectural theme. Yes, he wants the bear move. Well, you know, maybe they're yeah. those, inside.
3: You maybe they're like those um, chainsaw. Yeah, his furniture has a <laughs> bear bear heads and
4: stuff. Yeah, chainsaw bears.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Which he just does with his bear hands because he's Bjorn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, so we first. So now we're jumping into. I so, I just, I love that. I love the the transitions. You know, we've got spider bursting out, bear bursting out, them running into safety, them jumping into safety, um, and escaping. Oh,
4: yeah, it's Thorin.
2: This is Thorin, jumping, Thorin jumping clearly. Barrel, you can see from the blue outfit that he's there's tuned. And Dwalin, <laughs> <and laughs> naturally, mm-hmm. we cannot have a dwarf see shot without Dwalin. This is Kuda. Thorin is Kuda wearing the same blue tunic he was wearing earlier on. So, this is obvious. So, Dave, coming back to your observation before about the jumping into the barrels, um, they're already in them. We saw them rolling out. This suggests that Thorin is in a different place from them. He might not be imprisoned at a different time, but I do think he's probably imprisoned in a different location. And that's why. He was in. Thorin has to jump into a bed. guest suite. Exactly. And I'm Get wondering bathroom. Here's an idea which just occurred to me. What if. Remember, remember how we had uh, you know in, in our riddle about how they the escape is managed if it's Bilbo by himself, if the other dwarves conspire to help him, if an, an elf conspires right. so you remember this? What if different portions of it happen in different ways? That is to say, what if like Toriel and Bilbo, you Uh know, Toriel's like okay, I'm gonna go help, I'm gonna go break uh, the other dwarves, especially the cute one, out of their prison you go get Thorin, he's being kept in this other place, and then Thorin has to jump, that's why Thorin has to jump in separately, though they've thoughtfully saved him an empty barrel uh, for him to leap into don't know, but anyway um, now we have the We've gone from water to fire, and we have dragon fire bursting out. You'll notice this is the same colonnade that... They were the dwarves were standing on in the ramparts of Erebor when the dragon attacked at the beginning of the first film. And in case we don't remember that, we see Balin standing with his back to one of the pillars while the fire bursts around him exactly like, he, like as if yeah. he never left this pillar the whole time, uh, from the beginning of film <laughs> one. Um, <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> they return to Erebor and find Balin still taking cover behind the same pillar while Dragonfire <laughs> billows around him. <laughs> His beard has grown white in the interim, but yet. um. Anyway, so, uh, Dave, this is obviously the dwarf dragon action sequence that Peter Jackson was threatening us with, right? Yep. But right. you notice what this shows. It's not on the side of the mountain. This is at the front gate.
0: Yeah, this is fascinating. Um, This is at the front gate.
2: This leads me to suspect that their plan A is, let's go in the front door. And then the front door gets, um, well, not slammed in their face, but uh, gets this in their face. Right? This is like... (laughs) this is gets the end fired of fired in their face gets fired in their face right this is this is like the end of the let's try the front door plan here um, would be my guess yeah. so um, so in other words one is of this, the f-
0: is this this shot right here? Is this in fact on the front gate? Yeah, I, mean, I seem to. I thought this was like some balcony overlooking. Well,
2: it is. Room. It's not right at the front, but it's 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 right out in the front of Erebor. It's on it's it's on the forward defenses. It's not. Well,
0: maybe they kind of. The it's, the yeah, it's, it's maybe they went to secret
3: door. Yeah, not, was, not maybe they went. They're not. They're not. Maybe they went to the secret door and then kind of
0: climbed around to here. No. While Bilbo was no. inside.
2: No. You can tell because there are no snails. No. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> No 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 no, Corey, no, no,
3: no, no, no! There are no. no snails.
2: Completely implausible. You can tell there are no snails, so that's right out. Um, but um, yeah, well, there'll be snails
3: all over these things. To the secret door when they're just going to go to the front door after that.
2: Yeah, it, so, it, 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 yeah, yeah. No, I mean just the way that they showed the the back door where you know where the thrush was with the snails at the end of the first film. You know, it was a you know a natural alcove in the back of the mountain, not a you know big balcony like this and and they all ran the dwarves when they were out here in the in the flashback when smaug attacked they then ran into the front gate you know which was right there they didn't be like hey let's go hike down and around the mountain they just all ran inside so So I I, I think this is clearly right outside the front gate. But Dave, the the thing that this suggests to me, therefore, is that one of the questions we had when we were talking about this is, how are we going to get a dwarf dragon action sequence inside the mountain or something? We're not. If if plan A is let's go in the front gate, then the front gate gets slammed in their faces, so to speak, or fired in their faces, and so that's when they're like, okay, wait, uh, better plan. Let's go find that secret door after all, and that's when then they get in the secret way, and therefore the dwarves never do have to go down in the mountain until after Smaug leaves.
3: And then they decide to send Bilbo down there.
2: Apparently, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: hmm.
0: Yeah. It
3: just seems like a that seems like a lot of time
0: to spend to invest on that to end up at the door where they're supposed to be in the first place it's a lot of like screen time
2: um
3: well yeah they are taking a small book and making it into three so you know they have expanded a lot of things (laughs) yeah there's so much material to cover (laughs) i know
2: i know but you know Peter Jackson said he was going to have the dragon dwarf thing. So, you know, it's got to come somewhere. And uh, how it's going to be fit in, I don't know. But just from seeing this, where it's going to happen seems to be the question that's answered here. For whatever reason, it's going to be in the forward...
4: The way you're thinking... What you're thinking, Corey? It's kind of an echo of the, you know, uh, Frodo, Sam, and Gollum going yes. through the front gate of Mordor, and the exactly door on the sides. So yes,
2: the front gate is cl- is closed. Exactly. That's that's what we're seeing here. I think. Um, now we have. I love this shot of bilbo emerging from the water this is presumably after he has jumped in because nobody kept a barrel for him he just had to jump into the water but you know again this shot of him emerging like this you know this baptismal emergence out of the water um especially thinking of his riddles uh about burying his friends uh alive and bringing them out again afterwards um love that then we go to toriel now watch closely because we have a disappoint, we have some disappointing news for you, Dave. Are you prepared for this? Are you braced?
4: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is, is going to be unpleasant.
2: Watch the All background, right, Dave. Watch the background. Watch what it. What do you see in the background? What do you see?
0: I think I see spider webs and spires.
2: Yes, you do. <laughs> And uh, what looks disturbingly like dwarves still in still, cocoons.
0: Still, yeah. So Bilbo failed, and he's going to get rescued by Toriel, of course. It's Arwen all over again. For God's sake.
2: <sighs> so I'm sorry to have to break that to Not you. Not just
0: Toriel. But... all right. Serenity now.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll come back to this <laughs> to this distressing thing. Okay. Now we have Bard with his. Cool arrowhead with the hole in it. Um, the arrowhead, which may be attached or may not be attached to the black arrow. Uh, but, um, we have, again, th- th- this sort of reminding me of the, the Thorin, the Thorn, like the Thorin with the dawn light behind him scene. Um, you know, here we get Bard shadow with, in, uh, with, with, the, the bright background. Um, Though he's more in shadow. Uh and and looking to I so I think you know the way that the light is on Thorin compared to the way that Bard is still in shadow, I think is really uh is really a cool correspondence between these two. So here's Bard looking yeah. down. We've got this has gotta be Kiwi kicking an orc. Wait a second. Hang on. Somebody called Dwalin's agent. I don't see Dwallin. <laughs> That's just that just
0: sucks. That's wrong. Why isn't he kicking orcs?
2: Yeah, they accidentally left Wallen out of this scene. <laughs> somebody has to call somebody about that. But anyway, so here's Keeley apparently kicking a goblin down. Notice Maybe he's
3: kicking bulg.
2: Maybe. Maybe maybe he's maybe Bolg has to has to settle for another little cameo again. Like, okay, fine, I'm not a character anymore. Can I at least get kicked down the stairs well, by Keeley? Should be Yeah, it should be. Yeah, because it should be kicked his butt
4: at Azinobizar.
2: That's right. Well, maybe he stipulated that, just not by that bald guy again, please. But anyway, notice Keeley <laughs> is fighting with what looks like a rusty orc sword here. So again, more more evidence of the weaponry. This right. is also clearly pre-Laketown, as he is still dressed in his like, tunic no-armor thing um, as he was in the barrel. So... This is presumably this is probably after Bomber has been launched from the Trebuchet, as we saw in the first trailer, uh, and now there the sort of amphibious dwarf or goblin battle has moved to the shore. but, Now we get the elves drawing their weapons against whom it is not quite clear. I'm fascinated by the fact that they appear to be defending the inner side of their wall uh, and have their backs to the the actual ramparts. We are looking
4: for a brooch.
2: We shall defend the brooch! (laughs) Um, But I love the way that this is... uh, I I love the way that this is where this is framed I'm just going to keep talking about the photography mostly to annoy Dave at this point but um, if you (laughs) notice you've got Fewey on the left side moving to the right with with the orc over here but then you've got the elves facing as if in opposition to Kiwi drawing their swords like hey man don't kick goblins down the stairs like that we're going to oppose you when you do that Um, so again showing the ambiguous loyalties this little sequence this in fact this whole sequence from here through here to here really says to me lead up to the battle of five armies or like the battle of three armies that almost happened you know like I'm fighting the goblins, but the elves are fighting you. And meanwhile, there's a guy with a bow looking down at you the whole time. You know, this um, seeing the tensions among the humans and dwarves and elves uh, uh, potentially brewing seems to be how that particular little segment is framed. Then you get we pause in our frenetic action sequences to have another exchange between Bard and Thorin. He
1: cannot see me.
2: Now speaking of his own desires, what's happening here? We have an awesome ballista. Who's shooting it, and where? Garen. Yes.
3: Yeah, is, is this a defensive Dale? Flashback.
4: Yeah, we're thinking it's a flashback.
3: That was a conclusion we Sure, con- looks like, like it. I mean, this. Well what else? Could, yeah. What else could he be as shooting, as shooting at? Yeah, this. What else would he be shooting at besides a dragon flying by? Right. Uh, up. yeah, he's shooting. Up. He's
2: shooting up <laughs> a large arrow thing. I mean, this is just what you would want to shoot at a dragon. Um, and Dale is on fire. I mean, this does seem to be Dale. Especially from this sequence. It's clearly Dale, and then the thing explodes just like the tower explodes. In fact, <clears throat> it's probably the same exploding tower from the first right. film. Um, so, oh, you're, you're, oh, yeah, so wait, you're so, so Girion, uh-huh. then? Is this a flashback to Girion trying to defend Dale? Is this therefore setting up Bard, the, the descendant of Girion, shooting Succeeding with his little bow where the huge ballista of Geryon failed. Are we actually supposed to imagine again, how much time has passed in the film mind? Um, Are we to imagine little like toddler, uh, uh, little, little, little toddler bard, Hiding over here and watching his father desperately try (laughs) to defend the Burning City against the dragon so that he's having, like, emotional flashbacks when uh, he is defending Burning Lake Town against the dragon. Um, You know, I I, I don't... uh, Yeah.
4: Now, remember that we're going to get some of Garion in in the extended edition of the first first movie oh, the first movie Jackson's promised that um yeah in the extended edition
2: that. right maybe yeah i i philip is asking if those are bodies slumped over the parapet um i don't know That's I, what I i was wondering i can't figure that out there's this thing is flapping in the wind whatever it's whatever it is i don't understand or
4: is it sandbags
2: yeah sandbags to keep the fire down, you know, you need sandbags for Sarah that. Sarah
4: says, "Is it a crossbow? It's a ballista. It's right? a ballista. Is a, is, yeah. balli- is a ballista a particular kind of like medieval, medieval weapon?" Is that yes, it's a, weapon. It's, right. it's
2: a siege weapon. It's a ballista is essentially a ginormous crossbow. That's basically what it is. A huge crossbow, oh, okay. it, but it is it is it is a piece of siege weaponry. Yes. Um, and it's sort interesting. A <clears throat> crossbow. Okay. Yeah, and and, and <laughs> it is interesting that they have. A ballista mounted on the walls like this, as if to use in like ground to air strikes, you know, as if it were they actually had thought to, uh, to mount, you know, uh, you know, anti anti aircraft weaponry on the walls of this city, which of course Maybe is possible.
4: Maybe are having a problem with e- eagles or, 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 or ravens. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, we're <With> thrushes. <laughs> yeah, <it's freshness>. <laughs> No, <laughs> eagles. I love it, eagles. Yeah, by all means, let's get that. Like uh, you know, like those darn eagles are after our sheep again. Not this time.
4: Those, those pesky eagles.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Dave, are are, are you ready? Yep. Are, are you braced again, Dave? Because here comes part. Here comes it's part. myself. Here comes part two oh, of the so bad news. Take some deep breaths.
0: Okay, I'm ready. Legolas, swinging like Tarzan. Down on what? Another spider.
2: This spider. is a this is spider thread, clearly.
0: Well, I just okay, he's spy- <laughs> wow. This is like the spider thread analogy to shield surfing.
2: Exactly. Yes.
0: <laughs> well. well well, let me let me say this. Once I saw Toriel was in this scene, I just assumed that yeah. Lelouch yeah. must yeah. be too—that that he would come yeah. flying or surfing in some way or another. Yes, <laughs>
2: uh, yes. When you see when you see that there are spiders in the background in that Toriel scene, you've seen the worst. Uh, yep. But uh, and and you're right. Once that's established, this is relatively predictable. But he's. Who are we going to kick Dave, that he, spider he, off?
4: Corey and I had to realize... <laughs> yeah. Corey and I realized that we have to not disbelieve the Lego set. Never like year's Lego set. Had Toriel and, and Legolas yeah. and spiders, and we didn't believe it. Shame on so us that, for, but, for
2: doubting yeah, them. Never
4: go against the Lego sets.
2: But what I'm really wondering now is I'm thinking back to trailer one and Legolas, uh, uh, drawing his bow on Thorin with that excellent pop-up slide. Um, where does that happen? You know, if he's here and the dwarves are still tied up in the webbing, um, under what circumstance, I mean, do the dwarves get away and Legolas pursues them and catches them? I guess that's what must happen. Um, but yeah. um, Anyway, and then we have the king under the mountain being ejected uh, from from under the mountain. I
0: really like that. I kind of like that uh, that leaping scene.
2: Uh, Me too. I I, that's that. Yeah, that's great. There's really that's a lot great. to like there. I I really do. Um, this is just. It's such a wonderful. Yeah,
4: love it. <laughs> makes so much fun with the frame. <laughs>
2: I, I could I could, I could play with that all day. Okay. And then finally, our oh, yeah. final sequence. This is
4: my last video.
1: <laughs> I will not risk this quest for the life of one burglar. His name is Bilbo.
2: Okay, did I say final sequence? I meant penultimate sequence. Um, because before we get to the dragon sequence, <laughs> we have the Thorin Bilbo sequence. Um, not like, not orcrist. Not yeah, not orcrist. Um, see, this just looks to me like a pretty straight sword, like a a relatively boring, not very yeah, clean it's, sword.
0: It's not even that fun thing he had when he was in the barrel.
2: Yeah, I think it's I mean, it looks to me kind of like the Orchrist. rusty thing that Kiwi had when he kicked the the orc down the stairs. Yeah, um, same so kind of thing.
0: What uh, what do we think's going on here? Um, Where in the chronology of events do we think this is? Is this pre or post-discovery of the Arkenstone?
2: <sighs> That's a disturbing question. The dragon's gone. The dragon's gone, and there they are. Which means, by the way, this strongly suggests that the credits aren't rolling after the dragon dies. Yep. Yep. 'cause mm. we're some time after that unless unless they're going to do it like Tolkien did it in the book. That is, continue with <clears throat> uh,
0: Oh, oh, oh. So they're, they're Yeah, because they're, he leaves dragons, once the dragon's going back. to take off and they're just gonna let it, it, events yes. in the movie will continue unfolding and end at some point. And then we will roll back time for the third film to the dragon taking off and attacking... Or not necessarily... arriving in Lake Town. Right,
2: or not necessarily for the third film. But that's how the chapters were originally arranged. Um, uh, You'll remember he decided for dramatic irony. He went ahead and put fire and water before Not at Home um, so that when... Like that moment at the beginning of Not at Home when Bilbo has that sudden... You know that sudden light, scent, you know, feeling in his chest, like he, he suddenly felt, you know, hopeful. All of a sudden, we readers know that that means dry, this Smaug has just died. You know that Bilbo has just gotten received some kind of premonition of the death of Smaug, but he doesn't understand what it is. But we as readers know what it is. Um, so Tolkien uses dramatic irony there. But originally, it was the other way around, and he um, he didn't have it you know we we didn't find out about the death of the dragon until after um they they had gone down so in other words he exchanged suspense for dramatic irony originally there was suspense bilbo's down there and exploring and the dwarves are down there exploring and the readers don't know what, whether you know but that Smauga's is going to come back any second so maybe they'll do that in the film maybe they'll have him take off and we'll just follow thorin and bilbo and then flash back right. to it later. It's possible. I'm not sure. I'm not really convinced that that's what's actually going to happen, but it would be interesting.
4: What I'm wondering in this scene is: Has Bilbo already taken the Arkenstone?
2: Yeah, that is the question. Because mm-hmm. boy, if if what we're getting here is already, I'm getting obsessed about the Arkenstone, and what's more, I suspect that Bilbo has it. Then boy that's yeah. pretty advanced. I mean that's th- there's a lot of water under yeah. the bridge by the time we get there. I mean how far into that pot are we going to get? If that's happening already. No.
3: I mean I I, yeah. I didn't think I didn't think that. I mean yeah the dragon isn't there but I thought this was more Bilbo is saying I don't want to confront this dragon i don't want to go back in there I, i'm kind of assuming that it's it's like in the book right? where well, that could be the dragon leaves once and then is going to come back later that bilbo says i don't want to i don't want to do this and thorn is saying you know your 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 life doesn't mean that much to me that this is what we hired you for, for this and yeah. you're gonna and you're gonna follow through that's kind of how i read them? it they're in the mountain, though.
2: Yeah, Laura, I love that yeah. theory. This is what comes right before... Um, where did it go? This. Oh.
3: Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, maybe. Oh, right. That,
2: like, yeah, Thor and dragons... company are, over, are, like, over here. <laughs> that's
3: very possible. And, and is the, the dragon doesn't seem to be there right now. You know, right? I mean, he doesn't, he's just kind of wandering around, kind of looking for the dragon.
1: Yeah, yeah.
4: Well, uh, then later awesome. we see the dragon rise out of the gold, so that could be, yeah,
3: that's, that's very, and be
4: the, the line back. that Thorin says about, I don't want to, uh, what is he, you know, calls him the burglar with bounces his
0: name's Bilbo, that would kind of fit with what with Laura's and- theory. And that honestly seems more likely than them getting that far in the story.
2: Yeah, it really does. To, yeah. I, mean, I, I would think this is going to be yeah. foreshadowing of the Arkenstone problem rather than actually the Arkenstone problem.
4: Right. Yes. This quest now, Thorin
0: is life beginning life. to have some concerns about Bilbo. What? Um, but the question is, how does this fit with the next line that we hear? Yeah will not risk this quest for the life of one
1: burglar.
2: Under what circumstances is he going to be risking the quest for the life of a burglar? It sounds like they're going to rescue Bilbo or something? He needs help? Or... I don't don't understand the context of his line. I'm trying to imagine under what circumstances Thorin would say that. And, And again, I'm not saying that in the sense of analyzing his character or anything, but just... Literally, the plot context of that line.
3: Yeah, I'm. I am i don't, it, It's really impossible to say from the limited information we have from this. Yeah. I still think it has to do with Bilbo not wanting to to do what he, what they, what the dwarves hired him to do. It's interesting, and here and here in this next scene, I think that um, uh, Thorin has been talking about his plan. He's gonna send he's gonna send Bilbo in to confront the dragon. Yeah, but he doesn't call him Bilbo. He's saying, "I'm gonna send the burglar in."
2: Right. This I mean, the 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 mountain face in the background here does suggest this is probably on the Lonely Mountain. Um, yeah. It probably is.
3: And at the side door, probably.
2: Yeah, probably. Okay, final sequence.
3: We're almost there. Where are you?
1: Come now, don't be shy. Step into the light.
2: Okay.
0: I'm uh, I'm pretty satisfied with that voice acting. By the way, uh, uh, there's a nice um, there's a nice animated GIF going around. I'm going to put a link to it right. in here. Uh, of the that, that, that makes it a little bit easier to kind of make out the dragon a bit. Yeah.
4: Right. And I told Corey earlier I was looking at that GIF and it he looks he looks like he may not really look like an angelfish like he does in the first trailer.
2: Yeah, that would be good. Angelfish. Yeah. Um.
4: Right there, right. Oh, right there, right there. There you go. Oh, I don't know. Might still be the same. Mm. His nose looks a, a, a little bit more streamlined to me than this one.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't look that
0: big, sir.
2: Well, he looks—he looks plenty big, like here when he's passing by Bilbo. Though this is clearly, this is clearly what leads up to the like this shot right here is right before. He comes around the corner... From, from the first trailer, when he comes around the corner and you can see the beams oh, from his yeah, eyes yeah. and everything. Right. That seems clearly yeah. to be the beginning. You know, and Bilbo's here and he's going to like move around over to the other side and the head is going to come around.
0: Boy, it, right. man, it really it really defies belief that Bilbo's is not wearing his ring at this point i i hope they can come up with a convincing explanation because it just doesn't make any sense
2: i uh, well i agree you know and it's but it's hard jackson is so conscious of the ring that I I literally cannot believe that what is going on in this film is simply Jackson and company losing sight of it and being like oh they just forgot about oh yeah yeah, we forgot to make him invisible oh yeah never thought of that I mean I can't imagine that I I, I, you know there's got to be some explanation it might be an unconvincing one unless
3: there's some reason why he's not putting it on maybe the connection to Sauron maybe he's feeling that connection maybe Um, maybe this i mean around smog or something
2: yeah i I don't know i don't know i mean but exactly i wonder it's it it, again it suggests to me something about his relationship with the ring maybe he's afraid that the dwarves are looking and so he doesn't dare become invisible if that if the dwarves are in fact hiding right around the corner as we were suggesting before (laughs) maybe oh
0: yeah you know boy he's really gambling
2: right exactly um Yeah.
0: Like, well, I I don't want him to know I have a ring, so I, I I guess being burned alive is better. So I'll just stay visible. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm not meaning to. I'm not meaning to be like you know, uh, um, critical and cynical and be like, well, that's stupid. I was. Why isn't he wearing the ring? I'm not meaning to be a purist. It's just, just wishing and hoping out loud that they have a convincing yeah. uh, um, uh, yeah. explanation or chain of events leading up to this such that I'll be like, all yeah. right, that, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Because um, I'm sure it would look really stupid if Smog was coming around the corner looking at Bilbo standing there invisible, so so on screen it looks to us like he's looking at nothing. I know right. that'll look ridiculous. I also know ring vision will look ridiculous as well, so, so I just hope they have a good explanation.
2: Right, yeah.
0: But it, and I wonder, what's we, you type Dave. yeah, when he's saying, um, when he's saying, you know, come out, c- come out of the step out of the darkness, step in the light, and all that, I wonder what, like, is Bilbo just hiding at that point?
2: It sounds like it. I mean, look, you can see him scampering around. There's Bilbo up here when he's coming in for a landing, right? So you can see him just running and hiding. Um, the dragon is coming this way, and Bilbo is running that way to try to stay out of sight.
0: Um, yeah. just seems like I don't know it seems so so you know we're kind of weak it's like the dragon's like oh I can't find you because you're hiding oh where are you I guess maybe he could be playing with them. yeah I are think he's toying to with that, aren't we aren't we led to believe that dragons have really excellent senses of smell and that what perplexes what perplexes Spaug is that his senses that can detect Bilbo is smell and whatnot. Seem to indicate that Bilbo's in one location, but his eyes eyes defy that. So he can't localize him. So he's confused. But, but if but if Bilbo's visible and just hiding, then that means Smog basically knows where he is, and he's just just kind of yanking his chain.
2: But at the same time, don't forget that that sequence that the dragon sense of smell and him not being able to peg Bilbo's scent because he's never smelled a Hobbit before. That's exactly the kind of thing that's almost impossible to do on screen. I mean, what what are they going to have? Like, a Benedict Cumberbatch mental voiceover? Hmm. Gosh, yeah. what is that smell? I can't quite place it. You know, I mean it's... <laughs> yes,
0: it's kind of like the um, it's kind of like the incredibly awkward way that they did it in the Harry Potter and the Chambers of Secret thing with the basilisk down in the Chamber of Secrets, where where they where where you know, um, uh, fox pokes out its eyes, and the Tom Riddle, uh, Tom Riddle the Horcrux thing is like, hey, well, you may be blind, but he can still hear you, and you're like. Well, that was. Thank you for that exposition. And of course, they—I don't know—they they completely changed that from the book too. In the book, he can smell them, and it's like hearing. That's really the right. But yeah, that, you're right. That it, it's not. It's really hard to do that on screens. So.
2: It is. It yeah, is. I mean,
0: maybe like a cat and mouse game, where he's like, you know, oh, I don't. Where he's like, it's like a an adult playing hide-and-seek with their child where they're like, where are I don't know where you are. Where are you?
2: Well, and, and this, like, you know, trying to get him to... And remember the overwhelming personality thing and the tone of Bilbo, Bilbo's voice back at the very beginning of the trailer. Um, he may, you know, he, he may be trying to get him in fact... Right. He, he may, in fact, be exerting, you know, his influence over Bilbo actually to get him to come out. Th- this might actually and work for dragons.
0: And I guess, and I guess technically we shouldn't lose sight of... The dragon's uh, Smog's real goal here is not to find and devour or kill Bilbo. It's to figure out what the heck he is, who he is, why he's there, what's going on. Yes, and so, so actually, so that makes perfect sense that he wouldn't just, you know, oh, there's an intruder,
2: right? And would probably want to draw him out and, in fact, draw him into conversation.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. exactly.
2: Um, and but also, you know, I mean, I come back to joke's what jokes
0: on you, Smog.
2: I come back to what I said before that, you know, the the hall that the treasure is in in the book is described as simply a large open hall with a pile of treasure in the middle of it. Um, visually, we've got—I mean, there are lots more hiding places. This is a much bigger and more complex room. So the idea that Bilbo is actually simply able to conceal himself, sent or not, uh, from the dragon is more plausible in the in the. Area as we right. see it here. I love the come into the light, and then we get the burst of light behind the title here at the end. Yep. Which,
0: so, so on the whole, are we? Uh, uh, what, what do you? Are you guys anticipating this scene? Are you like? Are you? I know we're we're fixating on the piddly little things, like why isn't he wearing his ring? Right. Uh, because because that's what we do, but. But, uh, but I'm you know like, I'm still excited. I think the, the Benedict Cumberbatch, Martin Freeman, yeah. um, awesome individual acting and excellent chemistry that has previously been on display in Sherlock is really going to come to the forefront here, and I think it's going to be awesome.
2: Yeah, I, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I've I'm been... I'm really looking forward. I've, I'm I've looking been excited as, about I'm looking
4: us forward to the conversation with Smaug as I was looking forward to the Riddles in the Dark scene in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm expecting to be as pleased with it as I was with the Riddles in the Dark.
3: Yeah, and and I'm glad they've left some mystery, too. i glad they haven't, ex, you know, shown us mm-hmm. everything in the trailer. We still have
0: things... Boy, they have shown that. us a lot, though.
3: Yes, they did. There were, a, I mean,
2: I was... Um, I mean, I think one of the things that I reflect back on about this trailer is simply the number of questions that have been answered in this trailer. I mean, a lot of things have been revealed here, which was not the case at all in the first trailer. The first trailer, in fact, didn't we comment about that at the time? You know, how few riddles were answered by that first trailer? Couldn't say that about this one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I we should probably go as uh even Dave on the west coast is starting to yawn, so uh uh um it's going to be like lunchtime for yana uh, over in europe here uh, pretty soon so
0: yeah he just, he just <laughs> lost the day he an
4: And dinner day for uh yana. dinner for the folks in australia
2: exactly Phil. exactly yep um yep. W- anyway thanks everybody for joining us on this very unusual and very unusually no, wait, long wait
0: wait 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 we haven't had a chance to make our um wrap up uh, wrap up uh, comments. Um,
2: oh, okay. You know,
0: I want to want to hear from each person. Did they one? Did they like the trailer? And two, did this increase, decrease, or or leave increase or decrease your your anticipation for the film, or leave it unchanged?
3: Um, I'll go first because I have to go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I after seeing the trailer, I am. Really looking forward to seeing the movie. I'm really intrigued. Um, I'm really intrigued. I think the most by the character of Bard. I think I, I've liked. I like what they did with him in the trailer, and I'm interested to see where it's going. I, I kind of the the one thing that I'm not looking forward to so much. I don't know if I really want to see some so much of Lugula and to be honest. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Myth moot. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's
4: right. We're going to see it. That's right. Yeah. That's
2: right. Um, Yeah. Trish, how about you?
4: Um, I think I'm getting a little bit more excited about it than I had been. I've been feeling a little bit sort of the second movie slump sort of thing. Um, I'm really intrigued by a lot of, because there's still stuff, like we said, there's still stuff they've left out and um, so we're still getting sort of teasers you know, Master of Lake Town, what's going on at Dalgul is Bol actually is still in the movie or not um, so there's still some of that stuff but I, I'm, I'm now looking forward to it, I think it's going to be interesting uh, and, and actually the way you, you know, the way we've looked at this and you've pointed out how they juxtapose these things and the themes they brought up in this trailer really have got me you know, kind of
0: fascinated so I'm looking forward to it yeah Dave, how about you? Um, I, I I agree with you, especially especially after hearing your, you know, like like you you. When I first watched it, I was like, oh yeah, it looks exciting. But um, but now that uh, now that I've gone through this with you three, now I I am especially impressed by this this um, trailer. It's masterful. Yeah, um, it really is. And, and I would say on the whole. That I am, my my anticipation for the film has been increased. I, I completely agree with Trish that I think I was getting into a second film slump too, second film slump too where I was like, eh, yeah. you know, whatever, hasn't been any hasn't been any tidbits, and and I felt like we'd really sort of beaten a dead horse on a lot of the things we have discussed, and uh, <laughs> this has just uh, revived my interest. It has reminded me that what i enjoyed about the first film was their exploration of various um storylines and character arcs that uh that, that that you know are kind of novel but but were hinted at in the books and um and and this film seems to be continuing that i'm really interested to see where they take uh bilbo and thorin i'm very interested to see how they alter the 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 dynamics of the uh, the Thor- Thorin and the Elven King, and then the Dwarves' reception in Lighttown. Town—that stuff is is really fascinating. Um, I'm super excited about that stuff. Uh, so so my my enthusiasm and anticipation has been revived by this. The only thing uh, is, I have to agree with Laura that I'm I'm really hoping Legolas and Toriel just, just <laughs> you know like for all their screen time in the trailer that that, that their screen time is not proportionally large in the film that in the that it'll be much smaller in the film and that the romance thing will be just like a tidbit and not a storyline
2: yeah i i I, that's as long as we don't get any long sappy scenes i can live with it um my my main thing about the lego Toriel thing is simply that it's kind of dull because it's so predictable, I, I, yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's it's what we've been talking about all along. You know, are they just going to do Torio and Legolas, and you know, they're like you know unfulfilled love, or or alternatively, are they going to do something interesting? You know, and so th- that's it. That's really the sense in which I find that disappointing. But I, as I said, as long as they don't spend too much screen time on it, I can I can I can I can get by. But. Um, I, you know, I definitely agree that, you know, Dave, what you were saying about the, 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 the whole, di- the whole dynamics of the, of the Merkwood, Elven King, Lake Town um, thing is, is, is I find that fascinating. I'll be very interested in that. The other thing that this, that this trailer really sparked my interest in was the relationship between Bilbo and the ring. Because I agree, mm-hmm. I think that there there has to be some rationale given for why he's so visible so often. I disbelieve in the in the idea in the suggestion that ring vision will be added later. I don't think that's going to be. Um, maybe I will be proved wrong on that, as I have so many times before. But I don't expect that. Instead, I expect there to be some reason given, either his own reluctance to put on the ring, lest he rev- you know because of his. I could see them basically taking the kernel of his lying to everybody about having the ring. Like That's the kernel they've taken from the book. The fact that Bilbo wants to keep the ring secret and doesn't want to let anybody know that he has it. That's there in the book. They're going to take that and expand it dramatically so that Bilbo becomes, like, nigh-obsessed with preventing willing even to run the risk of playing hide and seek visibly with a dragon for fear lest somebody see him put on the ring um mm-hmm. that would be that, that would not be very rational but the point would be that he wouldn't be being very rational he would be be driven by the end of the film even to such an irrational act by his desire to keep the ring secret Mm-hmm. Um so maybe maybe that's the explanation that would be kind of interesting I don't know but if it's not that it's got to be something kind of like that or 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 you know of a similar magnitude, and I'll be watching that. The other thing, and this was something that was just kind of suggested by the trailer, I don't know if it's merely the trailer people coming up with a particularly genius transition, which is not in fact reflected in the films, but I loved the transition right from uh, Gandalf's discovery of Sauron and flipping the burning eyeball switch with his staff there in Dol Guldur, the the, the the shift from there straight into Bilbo losing the ring and finding it with relief. You know, Sauron, of course, has lost the ring and is looking for it. And so the kind of parallel that the trailer establishes actually between Sauron and Bilbo through that transition, um, I think is really interesting. So, in other words, the direction that this pushes me in is thinking about. Um, Thematically, how is the Dol Guldur stuff going to be connected? Because I do believe that it is going to be connected. Even when, um, even in the Lord of the Rings films, when we were going back and forth between the Frodo and Sam plot, um, and the War of the Ring plots, um, in the Lord of the Rings films, we were still getting a lot of thematic parallels developing among them. Um, as was kind of culminating in that scene, which I know annoys Dave so much that we talked about in, uh, you know, Mythgard Fantasy Theater 3000 during our webathon, um, you know, the Sam's story <laughs> speech Um during uh, the end of the two towers which is being juxtaposed with victory shots from Helm's Deep and the assault of the Ents on Isengard um, and the way in which those things are being paralleled and echoing what Sam is saying to Frodo in that moment. Um, so you know, I, anyway, m- my point is I think that there are going to be connections there. Um, I don't I would not expect Gandalf and Del Goldor to be a and now for an apparently unrelated Piece of story which may or may not have anything at all to do with a lonely mountain, at least thematically, they're going to be connected. And I wonder if Bilbo is going to be a point of contact in a sense uh, between them. It's it's just it opens up a lot of interesting possibilities that are fun to think about.
0: Yep. Um, So, uh, so it sounds like you're excited too, Corey. We should wrap up by you clicking on the link in the chat window, Corey.
2: Oh, okay. Shouldn't I? Let's see. Where is it?
0: Uh, and in the meantime, I just want to say what I'm really excited about is the uh, Mythgard Academy that will inevitably be about Lord Val'sbane.
2: <laughs> yes, we are currently having, we are currently having uh, voting on what the next class will be. <laughs>
4: I'm gonna tell you the nominations. We ended up with 18 title list, and it's an impressive list yeah. of titles and very you know, there's
0: a very eclectic. So it's going to be really interesting. What do you think, Corey? Brianna, Brianna made that for you.
2: <laughs> Excellent. I appreciate it. Um, I, I, I can tell you, this: that scene, wherever it is and whatever is happening, could only be augmented uh, by that song.
0: Yep. In fact, it seems We're like... we have to sing the, it in the theater. Yes. It seems like the only appropriate way to watch this in public is to sing the song while this scene is happening.
2: Yeah.
4: Well, thank God, you Absolutely. know, with the myth Moot showing, it'll just be us, so we can do that
0: kind of thing and not get thrown out of yep. the
2: theater. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll bring some, yeah.
0: We'll bring yeah. some speakers, <laughs> an MP3 of the song, and we will play it. So, uh, do you want to, Corey, you want to say anything about Guard Academy before we go? I
2: um, uh, just want to go to... Yeah, well... I, it is very late, and also I feel like anyone, um, if anyone sticks through all three and a half hours of this episode, uh, they will probably be too weary to pay too much attention to announcements at the end of it. Um, but, uh, but I will just say, you know, we finished our fundraising campaign, and we are uh, in the middle of electing the first ever course, which will start running uh, very soon. Uh, so people should keep an eye out for that. And I, I've been really delighted by the process so far, and I think. Uh, um, you know, people are people are definitely getting excited about this and that's fun to see. So I'm I'm looking forward. Um I'm increasingly looking forward to uh to how this is gonna be to how this is gonna work out and I I I am excited to see what the first class will be, so.
0: Lord Kyle's being
2: <laughs> I know Dave is hoping for Thomas Covenant. Uh
0: I love that guy.
2: Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah.
0: Don't lie, Corey. You're secretly, secretly rooting for it as well.
2: I just read it. I just uh, reread Lord Fellsbane about two months ago.
0: It's pretty it's so different from...
2: It is. Okay. It is. And it'd been years since I'd read it, so I was uh, I was very interested to reread it. But Okay. All right. Um so we should uh, we should uh, let's
4: it's wait a minute is phone Follower in the first book? Do we meet Phone Follower? in the first book yep. of the trilogy or later see, and of the other books. Oh, he's, oh, he's there I was, he was one of my favorite characters
2: Yeah, he's very cool okay, alright I'm really going to let everybody go now <laughs> well, good night, everybody. Good morning, Yana. Good afternoon, Philip. And uh, we're going to let everybody go after a very long episode indeed. Thanks, everybody, for joining us, uh, uh, especially those who did so at wildly inconvenient times. Uh, and we look forward to more discussion. We're going to see if we can have a four-hour conversation on the third trailer, <laughs> um, because this the was a thriller. shamefully brief discussion. In the meantime,
4: discussion. we're to the first. We have two more fringe festivals to do. Yeah,
2: exactly. So, anyway, thanks very much, as always, for listening, and Godspeed.